This is Dave Jones from the Vortex, and you're listening to Geek Out Loud. Previously on Geek Out Loud. Uh, so I guess what I'm saying is, thank you for bringing on down to Geek Out Loud. <laughs> Maybe I should get back in touch with those people. Be like, I know it's kind of late, but here you go. Be like, hey guys, I got a camera. Hey, look what I did. <laughs> look what I can do. Bring it on down to Honkinville. Um, <laughs> we should probably stop with that. <laughs> Get on with your point, fatty. Uh, <laughs> Dennis Quaid is my new Chuck Norris. Dennis Quaid can't be Chuck Norris. Listen, let me let me give you his let me if give you. If we gotta throw down Chuck Norris, would you no, we quiet? gotta hope those two forces of nature never meet. You know, I tried too hard. That one, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Great song. Yes, Sam Bush was singing on my podcast. Okay. That's how you did it. Yeah, that's how you did it. Well, Wayne's World, yeah. yeah. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Geek Out Loud. This is the official podcast of geekoutonline.com, a blog that I'm um, trying to breathe some new life into. We've got a few people who have signed on to the team to help. Do you want to be a part of that? You didn't ever get in touch with me. Well, you know, I, I, didn't wanna, I don't want to dominate the whole... Yeah, I'm a writer. Well, then why haven't I gotten any reviews from you? Well, I didn't want to dominate the entire site. Uh, wow! <laughs> I'm kidding. I don't know. I'll work on that for you, Steve. All right. See, as seriously. you can as you can tell, I'm not alone on this particular episode. We are happy to have with us. I'm happy to have with me back for a second time around on the show, nipping at the heels of Casey and Derek, is my good friend and yours, Dave Jones. Dave, thanks for having me again, Steve. It's hey, I'm excited. I've been excited to record with you more than anything else about you being. In town, I've been excited about doing Geek Out Loud. Cool, Straight man. Straight up serious business, would not lie to you on the podcast. Well, thank you very much. Um, how are things going? They're going good. Vortex, um, we've been on a kind of a hiatus yeah. a little bit. Um, I understand those. We did. I understand hiatus. <laughs> hiatus. Is that the, is that the plural of hiatus? <laughs> yeah. Hiatus. It's, it's just been really hard getting together and doing. Um, it sounds mathematical. Hiatus. 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 
But we did we did do an episode from Timegate, which is a Doctor Who. Yeah, convention. I listened to that. And we have another one coming out. Um, I believe it'll be June the twentieth. Yeah. Um, so it may have already. Passed. Favorite cartoons. Favorite cartoons. Yeah. By the time you hear this, that episode should be up and rolling. Exactly. And so be a post on now, that listen. Let me tell you something. Expect some emails on favorite cartoons. People get vocal when you start bringing out the cartoons. What is your email address at the Vortex Day? <laughs> There's no need for Steve. those of you for those of you who don't know, uh, the Vortex is a podcast about all things science fiction, and I and by all things science fiction, I mean and these guys that do this, Dave, uh, your cousin Sammy, and cousin Jeffrey. and your cousin Jeffrey, you guys are very big Doctor Who fans mm-hmm. first and foremost. Sammy's really into a lot of the old school black and white serials and yep. everything, and so I mean he brings to the table just a bucket load of knowledge of sci-fi on the screen from way back in the day. I mean, yeah. before any of us were even a twinkle in our daddy's eye. Right, yes. Um, and Jeffrey brings the new wave. I mean, he brings the new sci-fi to us. You're, you're that 80s guy. You're me <laughs> yeah. on the show. Yeah, that's and, me. Uh, and Jeffrey brings the new stuff with him, you know. And, and so uh, it's a neat dynamic you guys have going. And you cover the spectrum. And, I mean, it's a large... Spectrum it too is, sci-fi. Yeah. If you're into sci-fi at all, some of the things these guys do. I still say one of my favorite episodes you guys have done was your Halloween episode. Oh, the War of the Worlds. Where you walked through yeah. the War of the Worlds. Mm-hmm. That was just because I'd never heard the original radio dramas at all, and then to listen to the clips that you guys threw in and to hear Sammy talk about you know the, the history, history of yeah. it and everything was just. I mean, it was phenomenal. Yeah, it's, you know? it's, it's probably the one I go back and listen to the most. Yeah. Or one of the ones I go back and listen and, to. Uh, and you guys have done some Star Trek discussions. Yeah, we have. A lot of Doctor Who stuff goes on on the show. A lot, yeah. And, and I'm trying to figure out if we need to do less of that. And yeah. In the sense of you don't want to just be backed into one corner and like that's what you're known right, for. Right. You know what I mean? Kind of so. like Geek Out Loud with Star Wars all of a sudden. <laughs> thank, you for that, thank you for that underhanded uh. or that backhanded... Uh, Advice, piece of advice. Uh, no, very I, subtle. Eighties um, and Star Wars. Geek out loud. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think of when you think of Geek Out Loud? Eighties, Star Wars, and a big fat guy. Um, and roasted chicken. Uh, yes, um, roasted chicken. Um, no, I just like I've been on uh, Amazon. I've been looking at some of the old deals on some of the. Um, like Last Starfighter, I'm, tr- I'm trying to order a copy oh of that. Oh my gosh, what a great movie. Yeah, it's an awesome movie. Um, the Forbidden Planet, I just got that in yeah, the mail. Yeah. yeah, I'm trying to get some more classic Is science that the one fiction. With, you call them Last Starfighter classic science fiction? I am, yeah. I just have a hard time because I was alive. Everything, I look at stuff that's like would be classic science fiction and stuff that took place when I wasn't necessarily breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, the day, day the, the original still. day there yeah. stood still. We want to um, do that. You mentioned the Forbidden Planet, mm-hmm. Plan Nine from Outer Space, mm-hmm. uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Oh, love that movie! You know those kind of things yeah. are like, and I don't mean any of the remakes of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Now, I mean, is that the Donald Sutherland one you're talking about? No, I'm talking about was okay. he in the old black and white? He, one? No, he was in another one where Leonard Nimoy was also in. Oh wow, so that was, was a remake. That movie's been remade more mm-hmm. than I can't think of anything that's really remade. But I mean, it's been remade a lot. Yeah. I mean, we want to, we want to do some of the Alfred Hitchcock, maybe some of the older Alfred Hitchcock yeah, films, yeah, yeah. The Birds. Yeah. I mean, some of that kind of crosses over to science yeah, fiction a little bit. Yeah. So. Well, horror. Whenever you start dipping into horror, <laughs> horror, horror, I sound like <laughs> sound like a southern preacher. <laughs> the horror. Imagine that. The horror of of everything. Um, <laughs> the horror. That's terrible. That's terrible. It's terrible. When you start dipping into the suspense thriller. Mm-hmm. 
thriller <laughs> stuff. You Just you kind of you can jump into the sci-fi. Yeah. I mean, you think about uh, Frankenstein, uh, you know, or as Mary Shelley called it, Frankenstein. Um, <laughs> just depends on... yeah. But, I mean, the sci-fi, right, it's yeah. the reanimation of a corpse through the means of science that we don't have. And Dracula. Um, and... Well, Dracula is more fantasy. I would say Dracula and Wolfman are more skirt the line of fantasy horror, but you get into something like The Fly. Yeah. I mean, that's sci-fi. Um, even War of the Worlds was horror, you know, but it was sci-fi, and, and, uh, or it is. Um, speaking of War of the Worlds, real quick, I mean, just because I just thought about a question popped in my head, Steven Spielberg's War of the Worlds that came out mm-hmm. 2004? Five. 2005? What did you think of that? I liked it a that lot. It was amazing. Yeah, I, I remember liking it a lot. I, I mean, I've seen I, it since then. I want to say that's around the time that Tom Cruise was doing his couch dancing and all that kind of craziness, but... Was I it? I thought it was just before, just maybe. Prior. Maybe it was. Cause I remember, I remember being iffy about going to see Mission Impossible three. Yeah, yeah. and then turning around and really liking yeah, it. Yeah, was I'm a like, good. Well, movie. Tom Cruise can still get on the screen and act. Um, War of the Worlds was really good just because of the. Now Tom will come I mean. out of the closet. <laughs> I live to make you laugh, sir. I live to just interrupt you and make you laugh. <laughs> now you okay. know what. Now you know what other co-hosts have gone through all okay. the time with me. Um. But anyhow, we're talking Vortex. Yes. Yeah, it, you, you guys do a phenomenal job on the show. You can find you at uh, thevortex.podbean.com. That's right. Yeah. Uh, you can subscribe to them through iTunes. We'll be pimping this out later on the show. And you can email them. At thevortexpodcast at gmail.com. Right. Now, a few episodes ago, Dave... And, and let me just say, let me talk to you people about Dave Jones. Dave is one of the most calm, cool, collected just nice guys you ever want to meet in your life you're not going to get dave worked up in a negative way as far as anger goes very easily and dave starts to give out the email and he kind of stutters and fumbles over it or was sammy giving out the email? sammy was giving out the email and he kind of stumbles over and dave's just like who the heck cares you know what we're not getting emails i'm tired of it i'm tired and i had to pull the car over almost i was (laughs) laughing so hard at your rant on emails and um, and so email the vortex podcast at gmail.com so they'll just be shocked and amazed that they have you I promise you they'll read it on air because they'll yeah. be so excited um, we, let me let me just I'm gonna pull the curtain back we've never gotten one ever at like all. I got I think I got a spam one time really yeah so awesome that's Ma- amazing if, if whoever emails first you may get a prize I may be <laughs> so happy I'll send you something I don't know <clears throat> <laughs> It was so good though. It was so good. And, and but I mean, they, what a, what a classic. Uh, just hey, look look at me. I'm pitiful. Nobody's ever eaten. Oh, it me. was such a great rant. Like <laughs> usually when the people start when other podcasts start their stuff about well, we haven't had any emails. The thing is though is you guys are now up to your what thirtieth almost it's close. I think it's twenty seven. Yeah, like yeah. That. I mean, like you guys are catching up with me because I do mine like every other monthly, and um, and. and most of the people that do those email things like that, they're three episodes in, and they're like, "Well, we haven't got any emails." Right. And and I've and I've even told some people, "Don't whine about not email, not having emails." I said, "Just when you get one, be sure to read it and engage that person on the podcast," which is what I try to do. I've got a huge backlog of emails right now, by the way. Yeah, you want me to forward some over to Hey man, Vortex <laughs> for you? Yeah, <laughs> and I'll be like, like they're sent to us. and I'll be all like, uh, yeah, you can just go listen to Vortex and, and have your answer for this. But I mean, um, the, well, let me just say this: the thing that's cool is that our uh, listenership has jumped up since you've helped us out with the forms. Well, that's and cool. Everything. I'm glad. Um, 
So there's some interaction on the forums, yeah. and, and I don't know, you know, whether or not. I, and you say we're doing a good job and stuff like that, and I'm sure it's okay. But I just, I, you know, I want some interaction. So this yeah. is my call out there to, to get talk, some interaction. To talk on the board, yes, because you guys in that section can talk not just the podcast, but all things science fiction. Yeah, in that area. I mean, that's where if you are into those old serials, if you're into any any era of sci-fi, if you're into '70s sci-fi, which I don't really know what went on in '70s sci-fi. Until 1977. <laughs> <laughs> we know what happened then. That's right. We? May 25th, 19th. Yeah. It all comes back to That's Star it. Wars. I tell you, it's the foundation of my geekdom. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it's a great podcast. Check it out. Email them. And that was a great bit. I, I still love that bit. Say. But what I was saying was, um, these 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 guys that have like three episodes in, it's like, we don't have any emails. I mean, you go eat it until y'all were on in there, and you're like, look, we've been doing this now. <laughs> For a year, or, yes, you know, we're and, into our second year, right? And uh, and where are the emails, people? Where are the emails? No, and not there. And you didn't get any after that. No. Have you even checked? Yes. Wow, that's got to be an empty feeling. But I mean, the empty feeling is you check and then you leave it alone for like three weeks, and then you come and back, you and check, check again, <laughs> and then you get empty again. So. <laughs> You know. the, the hope begins to well up right. inside you, and you go, <laughs> exactly, exactly, sir. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, um, Dave, glad to have you here with us, and uh, right now, we're going to jump into some emails. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Not rubbing your face or anything. No, 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 no. Uh, the first one comes from Dave over in the quiet corner. He says, uh, he's talking about episode 30, and this is how backed up we are. I mean, this is episode 35, and we're talking episode 30 right now. Hey, did you hear Stan Bush on the podcast? I did. I, 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 didn't, I didn't complete it, but yeah, I heard, yeah, I heard it a little bit. I was so it. excited. I was, more, I was more starstruck talking to him than I was <laughs> Brian Austin Green. Really, yeah. you were pretty starstruck. With that. Yeah, I was. Well, Brian, we just had a good. Time that was talking. that was fun. And uh, and I'll get to that in a second. I've got something to say on, on that one. Uh, David says of um, the movie music podcast number thirty. He says that was an outstanding podcast, Steve. Thank you, Dave. You're really hitting your stride. Well, I appreciate that. You keep setting the bar higher in production values, also. And for that, I applaud you. Applause, applause. As an elder member of your listening audience, I'm old enough to have attended the theatrical releases of Lawrence of Arabia. Wow. Where the soaring score transported me to the vast desert wasteland. I, the only part I've seen of Lawrence of Arabia, and I really need to watch that movie because, I mean, it is a classic, is I believe at the beginning there's just a picture of the desert and the big word overture <laughs> as they just play music. From, you know, they play the score um, or part of the score, the main theme. Well, you know... Now that you have that big TV, watching something like that would be awesome. That would be very cool. So. You want to forgo fanboys tonight? <laughs> I don't. Lawrence of Arabia. We'd have to really uh, commit for he, that. He says, or to the icy depths of the solar system in 2001, A Space Odyssey. One of my favorite sci-fi movies is Forbidden Planet. Right. Uh, the movie has been, he says they're the same age. This movie has been credited with having the first all-electronic film score. The chilling, eerie quality of the music is perfect for a movie where the real monster resides in the depths of the human mind. I've got to watch Forbidden Planet right, now. I should have brought Good it. Night. Like most other geeks, I'm eagerly awaiting the, the arrival of the Watchmen movie. Yeah, this email is actually from back a few months ago. <laughs> uh, 
I love the teaser of it so much. I had to have the Smashing Pumpkins song. The beginning is the end is the beginning. Good that song. served as the mini soundtrack to it. You're in it now. You're on a. You're in it. In fact, as we got in your vehicle a minute ago, you were like, "I want a Smashing Pumpkins I kick am, right now." I am so. I mean, Joy would just. She'd have some stories about how I watch stuff on YouTube all the time. Now, are, are Smashing Pumpkins so not the original <clears throat> emo band? They probably are. I, th- I think they are. Yeah. It's not quite as emo as like you identify now, right, but right, a right. lot of it has the, those uh, undertones. Yeah. So. I mean, 1979. I, I love, I mean, I think Billy Corgan is a musical genius. Do I mean, you? Now, I mean, just ask him if you don't believe it. There you go. <laughs> He's got an ego, but I was, I, you know, I was gonna say I don't necessarily agree. With that. I'm not, I'm not a big Smashing Pumpkins guy. I like 1979. Hmm. Okay, yeah, but it's um, okay. And I like the beginning is the end is the beginning. I agree. That was a perfect teaser with well, that with that song playing. What's so cool is like his vocals are so different. He from does anything. have great. Yeah, you he know? does. And you know who reminded me of him to listen to their vocals when they when they first came on scene was uh, the lead singer from Remy Zero. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Really reminded me. I mean, I think Kinda that dude at least sand. had some smash. Well, to watch him perform, too. He he seemed to me to have some real Smashing Pumpkins uh, influence yeah. on him. Um, and when the second trailer came out, talking about the Watchmen trailer again, <laughs> I had to have the song by Muse, Take a Bow. Both songs captured the mood of the commercials so very well. Did you see Watchmen? Did you get to see that? See, I didn't I get to see it, it. In, in theaters either. I've got mm. to pick it up when it comes on DVD just because I heard great things about it. I did too. I, I think, <clears throat> excuse me, I had just finished reading the uh, graphic novel yeah, around yeah, the time yeah. that it came out, and I wasn't so into it. I was much. intentional. That's what I did. I was intentional about because I'd never read the graphic novel. And I was very intentional about making sure I read the graphic novel before I saw the movie. A lot of fans of the graphic novel said, I heard in, in different reviews, if you've never read the graphic novel, go see the movie and without reading. And then read afterwards to find out. You know, But if you have read the graphic novel, then just know, you know, expect this out of the other. Um, the score by Tyler Bates to The Watchmen is a great score. Um, it, 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 it evokes the feel of like the 90s or the 89 Batman, mm. you know, Danny Elfman yeah. score, great score without being quite as heroic and verbose as that, that particular score is, or that particular theme is. But it does. It's so well-rounded. It's such a great score. And then, too, they've also got the music from The Watchmen, the soundtrack that has... Uh, some Dylan on it. It has a Smashing Pumpkin song. It has uh, freaking Hallelujah. You know, <laughs> it's just this, a weird boogeyman. I'm your boogeyman. <laughs> That's what I am. Um, and so, yeah, it just it, well, that was a to me. Without having seen the movie, just to hear a soundtrack that was so eclectic was very cool. And I'm yeah. really interested to see where these different songs fit into. The movie, I, I know that Times They Are Changing by Dylan, they play that over the opening credits, apparently. That's a good song. That's a, how cool is Love that, that crap, yeah. man? That is just amazing. Um, he says, keep it up, Steve, your devoted listener from the far reaches of the quiet corner, Dave. Cue appropriate music. What is the appropriate music for someone speaking from the quiet corner? I guess Smashing Pumpkins. Oh. <laughs> I would say I would say Alan Silvestri's Castaway theme. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> the lost opening credit. There you go. There you go. Um, this one comes from Todd Sayer. He says uh, soundtracks you forgot: Requiem for a Dream and Great Expectations. These aren't really geek movie 
movies in terms of sci-fi or superheroes, but I think the inherent geekiness of movie score appreciation carry them over the hump. I'll agree with that. I'll agree with that. I, th- I think that what my focus on that show wasn't necessarily just geek films. It was film in general yeah. and the movies that come from it. Uh, the first nomination is the soundtrack from Darren Aronofsky's Requiem for a Dream. The soundtrack was composed by Clint Mansell and performed by the Kronos Quartet. Is that orchestral enough? Um, have you seen Requiem for a Dream? Jennifer Connelly, uh, one of the Wayans guys is in there. No, I haven't seen it. I, you know, if she's in it, I might watch it. Well, it's, I mean, it's pretty dark. Maybe. I mean, that's 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 kind of my thing with movies yeah. in general. And, and I've if seen If there's some a hot chick movies. in it, you'll watch it. <laughs> well, yeah, there's that. But <laughs> uh, it's like I kind of watch them to escape. So for me, the escape would be right. to get to a happy place like sure. watch Star Wars or something so watching sure. Requiem for a Dream wouldn't be my idea of fun well it's it's all about um, it's personal you know that's just a personal thing yeah well the movie is all about it follows different people it follows really a mother and her son uh, the mother lives at home alone and she's really into this there's a whole TV thing that goes on with it Shooter McGavin is a host of an infomercial type thing <laughs> uh, it is Shooter McGavin mm-hmm. I mean it's the guy who plays Shooter McGavin at some contest or there's a game show she wants to be on. She gets chosen to be on it, and she sees this infomercial about weight loss pills that she starts to pop. Meanwhile, her son is a heroin junkie, but he's also selling, and they find like the best stash in the world, so they're making money hand over fist, him and his buddy. He's dating Jennifer Connelly, is how it's happening, but she gets hooked. Um, they decide to drive like to Florida from where they're at up in New Jersey or New York, and uh, in the end, there's an arm cut off, Jennifer Connelly's performing stuff for drugs, and um, someone dies. Wow! Uh, and the mom is in the in the psych ward. I just ruined it for you. But the score sounds like a good time. But the music of the movie is very popular. In fact, if you go to <clears throat> YouTube and watch a lot of fan made trailers, they use the Requiem for a Dream. Uh, I guess you'd say theme, but it, it's the Requiem for a Dream. They use that huge in in a lot of the fan made trailers and stuff because it does have a neat feel to it. Um, my favorite song and probably most well-known track is, uh, yeah, he's talking about this, is Lux Eterna, Eternal on the remix album. Uh, I also love the tracks Marion Barfs and Crimin' and Dealing. Um, my last nomination is the score from Great Expectations, the 1998 Gwyneth Paltrow version, composed by Patrick Doyle. I've not heard, I'm not, I've seen, I think I saw Great Expectations because Robert De Niro was in it. Robert that. De Niro is in it. Um, he played the... Uh, Convict. The convict. I, the way I always remember the convict is Vittles. Vittles. Because in when we read Great Expectations in in high school or in middle school, whenever we read it, he pronounces it Whittles, and Charles Dickens writes it that way, Whittles. And there was in our little books a note saying Vittles. It's just the way he's pronouncing mm-hmm. it wrong. You know, Vittles is food. And I'm like, I know what Vittles are. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I know what it is to have some Vittles. Uh, my favorite two tracks are Estella's Theme and Kissing in the Rain. That's it. Good night, Steve. You're piling geekdom, Todd Sayer. Well, Todd, I, like I say, the Requiem for a Dream, I think the Lux Eterna is what he's talking about, is the one I was telling you about mm-hmm. that, that plays, especially swells up at the end of the movie, that I'm kind of tired of because of all the fan-made trailers using it on YouTube. Um, however, uh, I might check out the Great Expectation score just to just on Todd's recommendation. And if it sucks, Todd, I'm coming after you. <laughs> Watch out. Um, let's see. This one comes from... I don't know. Let's let's get to some newer ones now real quick. 
uh, because we got a lot to talk about, Dave, me and you. <laughs> this one comes from Matt Kruger, Batman on the forums. He says, hey, Steve, first I have to say, even with the tefical, tefical, te- <laughs> can't talk today, even with the technical difficulties, you and Casey put out a great show. Now, see, that's from like episode 31. Mm-hmm. So way back, we're getting in the way back machine going. I've added uh, to you, I've added you to my prayers for you to receive a brand new computer. Thank you. Hey, I do not want to miss any podcasts because your computer is down. Next, I have to say I know Geek Out Loud is a safe place to geek out, but I have to say you do not have to apologize to me, like you did when you read my email in the last podcast. I'm not easily offended when it comes to the stuff I love. Everyone has different likes and dislikes, and if you want to poke a fun a little, I promise I'll not get my undies in a bunch. I mean, come on, we're geeks and proud of it. Most of us have had to suffer some kind of ridicule or another in our lives. Amen. <laughs> a little friendly rubbing should not get us bent. I do appreciate you're the type of guy that is sensitive of the feelings of others. And ladies, you should snap big honking up before he is taken for good. Hey. Right um, um, hey, this was the guy, I believe, that had the Batman tattoos. Yeah, yeah, We yeah, read yeah. his email on the last he episode. actually, I yeah, I've got to show you what he sent me. Okay. This is, this is Matt that does airbrushing a little bit, and he... Made Derek and I both these eight by eleven, or it might even be eight by fourteen. Um, no, not fourteen. It'd be nine by eleven. I think is what they are because they're a little bit bigger than a normal piece of paper. Um, signs and Derek's is a is like the doom is like the Superman symbol from the Doomsday with the blood. Oh wow! Uh, and he did mine in the old school style of like the Incredible Hulk title, you know, with the Rocky font, not Rocky the movie, but right. you know the font yeah. looks rockish um and it says the incredible honking oh, and it looks wow. really cool That's it really awesome, is good man. i need to get those up there uh his last little statement about the ladies snapping big honking up uh we mentioned on shoe are you ready uh, to, are you ready to open this can well yeah uh, i mean the single life for now is is over mm-hmm. um so that joke's out the window ladies um yeah we're glad to finally put that to rest <laughs> Uh, Good while it lasted. Yeah, I'm not really single anymore. Sorry, ladies. I just lost all of my listeners. No, I'm kidding. I'm not that much of a sex symbol. I'm not a sex symbol at all. (laughs) Wow. Uh, The power of editing. Power of editing. (laughs) Hopefully we'll help that. Hopefully we'll help that. Oh, wow. The the ego revealed. Well, I'm not that much of a sex symbol. Oh, Dave, how much of a sex symbol are you? I mean, oh, I'm well, you know. a little bit more than me, yeah. I think. But well, when you're married, it seems to attract the ladies a little more. Well, see, that's that's my plan. I took myself off the market. <laughs> no, that's no, not my plan. Not. No. I've never ever. I don't even know what a sex symbol. Is. I don't. I don't either. Um, I don't know what it'd be like anyone. But anyhow, yeah. So Matt, someone got me. Uh, I must say thank you so much, says Matt, for all the different subjects you geek out on a regular basis. I've found a new joy exploring the things you talk about. I recently purchased all seven seasons of Smallville and watched them continuously awesome. for weeks till I got through them all, and I'm now following up by listening to the House of L podcast. Good. Uh, yeah. Wow. That's. But you know what? That's what I find with people when they get into Smallville mm-hmm. um, is that I'll loan, them a di- I'll, I'll loan them a season. Two days later, man, they're back wanting, yeah. i got to have season two. You know, four days later they're back. I gotta have season three. You know, and they just run through them. And we were we were kind of talking about this early, but those early episodes 
a lot of the times would leave you with like a good feeling about everything. Because yeah, yeah. The family unit of the Kents. Yeah. As opposed until to until that Luthers. last episode. Well, yeah. Until until that season finale when the baby dies and Clark blows up the farm <laughs> and puts on the red K and well, what was, off. that was a second season. Yeah. Right? Well, or until that last episode when the when Clark disappears, Jonathan's in a coma on the floor of the caves. Yeah, Chloe's house is blowing up. Lana's Which, nowhere to be found. Oh, she was going to Paris. Paris yeah. yeah. Wow, she looked really good that episode. She and had the, the perm. Wow, there you go Sorry. with the women thing. Sorry, again. man. Hey, you're still married, right? I am still married yeah. right here. Uh, let's, let's talk about your wife. Sorry, Joy. Uh, let's get back to your wife. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Uh, hey, let me let me just ask this about okay. Smallville. Yeah. Where was Clark when he got sucked into that cave wall? Was he just in the cave wall? Yeah, he was just in the cave wall. Just hanging man. out? I, I think he was, yeah, sure. <laughs> he was in that light, naked. Right, just, that looks just like hanging out. Superman symbol. Just floating away. Yeah. I assume, because the fortress hadn't been built at that right. point, I would assume there was a dimensional rift caused by the cave wall wherein Clark was placed. And in that time, in that dimensional rift, Jorel, uh, the technology that was Jorel as it interacted with the cave, began to brainwash him and strip him of his humanity uh, so that he would emerge as Kal-El from that dimensional mm. rift in time and space. Good plan. Because remember, he went into the cave, he came out naked in the cornfield. Yeah, I do remember that. So, yeah. Lois I, found him. That's right. Sure yep. did. Yep. Uh, season four. Season four. You know, so, yeah, great family dynamic until that... Until all that. that last episode where the meteor shower hits well, the second you know time. I mean. It's really like probably the first season and a half. Yeah, yeah. Just, it really I mean, No, you're right. Like it, watching it, even in 2001, when I was 20 years old, it, it makes you want to be a better person almost to see how Clark deals with things and stuff like that. Yeah. So good good, yeah. good show to get uh, yeah. up on. It is. And it, but what I'm finding is it's one of the easiest shows for people to just get sucked mm-hmm. into. And so... Whereas I think that one of the downfalls of the show, as far as viewership goes, is the um, the the switch to the sci-fi aspect yeah. more than the the relationship aspect used to be. Which I'm glad I'm glad of personally, you know, that you get more into the Superman mythos. But I understand where the casual viewer would not be. But even then, when man, when these people are playing through these seasons, they're like, I love this stuff. Mm-hmm. I can't get enough. I'm like. Everyone's a geek at heart. Because well, it's kind of a show that grows with you. Yeah. Like the yeah. Harry Potter books or something, because yeah. you yeah. read the first Harry Potter book. But if you watch them all in three weeks, man, you don't have that much time for growth. <laughs> That's true. You know what I'm saying? That's true. But no, I mean, like, I've just know, I, like, I have a lot of friends who aren't into stuff like that otherwise, mm-hmm. but Smallville, yeah. man, they'll eat up like a biscuit. Yeah. I mean, they will sop it up, hey, sir. More power to them. I hear you. Um, he says, I love the podcast and totally love watching the Dragon Con video. <laughs> I remember that. Laughed myself hysterically, especially when you not know what to do with your hands. Oh, that was on the when me and Derek were talking, and I was oh, like, yeah. what do I do with my hands? Um, I've also started watching Doctor Who, and I have to say thanks for ruining the end of season three for me with your last... I did do that. Did you hear that? I don't... Casey, I don't it was when Casey was oh, on, yeah, yeah, and yeah, we yeah. were talking a little bit of Doctor Who. I'm like, yeah, I just watched the episode with the Master, where Martha... And I'm like... <laughs> yeah, that's... <laughs> didn't think about spoiler alert for everyone not a, in Doctor Who's. I, you me, didn't like that episode, right? You didn't like that season? Uh, yeah, I like that season. I didn't like the end of the fourth season, which I don't think you've got. No, to. I haven't got there yet. You want to go ahead and ruin that? No, thing? I don't. Um, okay. I did want to say... And our listeners. <laughs> I was watching the second time through when I was watching the Master Trilogy or yes, whatever. Yes, yes. Uh, Sammy's eyes lit up because he didn't know it was going to happen because he's on this, you know, six-week delay from when everybody else sees it because he just doesn't get around to watching it. Right, And so it was really cool watching him be like, what is this? And then the master, you know. Man, I tell you what. Because the first thing he said, is that the doctor? Is that like an older version of the doctor? 
you know, because when he was opening the watch. Oh, yeah, 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 And yeah, he yeah, thought yeah, it yeah, might have yeah, been yeah, an older yeah, version yeah. of a doctor or something. I was like, nah, man, nah. Yeah, because of that first one where the master shows up, there had been an episode in that season where the doctor... Chameleon watch thing. Yeah, yeah. he did. He, he poured basically his memories of who he was into this watch so that he could blend in better with humanity mm. to hide from... To hide from the family The blood. family, yeah, this, this group of enemies that would come in after him. And so in the course of this two-part adventure, you know, and that's where they were like in the, was 1700s, 1800s or earlier? I think it was early 1900s. And Martha being being of African descent, I guess you'd say, being black woman. Right. Because they're not African Americans in England. No. You know. Um, she was a slave girl yep. in this house. And it was so, you know, so you had the dynamic of her dealing with the doctor who didn't remember her, but she was just trying to watch out for him. And finally, when they opened the watch up, he's, you know, flooded. Well, then later on, you see this episode, Utopia, where this other guy has a similar watch, yeah. you know, and and finally when he cracks it open and it comes on him, you're like, well, I was like, what is this? Mm-hmm. And, then he, and then he turns out to be the master, which is kind of like the bizarro Doctor right. Who almost, you know, for our... And, uh, and, man, that just... It was awesome. It went nuts from there, yeah. sir. I mean, it went nuts. Yeah. And uh, talk about having to embrace a paradox. He made a paradox <laughs> machine. Yes, and that's, you know, that's the thing. is like he had the paradox machine. Yeah, out of the TARDIS, he made that paradox machine. And Doctor Who, you have to be very tolerant of time travel and paradox. You know what? I don't think so. I found that you don't have to be, though. Because the, doc- because the rules are this. There are some things that are fixed and some things that are not. And we don't mess with the things that are fixed. But who decides what's fixed? Well, the Time Lords. <laughs> They're not even around anymore. He's a Time Lord. Yeah, you I know? guess so. And, and I, think that, I think that what, for example, the episode I watched in season four, Pompeii, mm-hmm. you know, his companion Donna kept trying to get him, we can save this civilization, mm-hmm. we can save this town. And he's like, no, this is a fixed event. It can't be changed. It's super huge and cataclysmic. You know, I mean, it was something that would rock the world, and it would, and it would, at one day, advance um, the future's knowledge of the past, that sort of thing. When they dug up Pompeii and that sort of thing, and so you could see the lasting effects for the show's purposes and for writers' purposes. We can't go back and rewrite World War II. Basically, we right. can't go back and rewrite, you know, this. So these are fixed events. But Joe Schmo's life over here, like Quantum Leap. You know? Yeah, but do you remember when he le- he leapt? Is that how you say it? Yeah, yeah. When he leapt into Lee Harvey Oswald, and they were having that thing where he was turning into Lee Harvey Oswald, and he was going to shoot the president. And then at the last second, he leapt into <laughs> a Secret Service agent and ended up dying. He was the one that dove on no, the car and grabbed that. Jackie. Yeah. They said that originally Jackie Kennedy got killed, too. Which she didn't, obviously. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they were like trying to make it where Sam had made a difference. Okay, it, yeah. You know. So, so you're saying they could take an event, <clears throat> twist in it, Doctor a Who, way. twist it so that he fixes it the way it's supposed to be. I could see maybe, that. maybe. I don't. I, know. I didn't buy it. Quantum Leap was kind of on the downslope at that point. My thing is, is I don't have a problem suspending my disbelief with a time travel Doctor Who. Okay. Because he's not just dealing on Earth either. That's true. You know, and he's not just dealing. A lot of times. He, you know, there's as much in the future as there is in the past with him. Yeah, that's true. And and he's even said time's not linear. That's true. You know, it's <laughs> like this big bundle of wibbly wobbly wobbly wimey stuff. And um, <laughs> and so see, I'm into Doctor Who. It's sir. awesome, I man. Know, right? It's awesome. And you so, get a high five for up that. Top. <laughs> and uh, but anyhow, season three, end of season three. Awesome. I just to me, you had the end of season one. Which ended season one? Which was, what? What was that one? The Bad Wolf. Uh, yeah, Daleks. Yeah. That just kind of got weird. 
It did get weird. Um, the way that Rose took <laughs> in the... Um, she turned into a time goddess? Yeah, yeah. Turned yeah, in was, basically... You know, that was kind of weird. Lame. The end of season two... With her being with trapped. Her, and, and that yeah, was... Oh, my god, It was emotional. Wow. And, but I didn't like the fact that it was the Daleks. It was the Daleks. I think I missed an opportunity because they had the Daleks and the Cybermen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah, like yeah. teased that they were going to go to this, they were going to have war yeah, on Earth. And they never really did. They never really much. showed it that much. You saw some marching and some flying. Yeah. You saw. It would have been cool if it had been a full out war right, and the doctor right. stuck between them. Yeah. Um, but and that was that was tough to watch, man. That was the yeah, last episode to watch. And then, the, but the end of season three was just like it was that perfect hero's story, where the whole time, this whole year, because a year's worth of time passes mm-hmm. during these the, during these episodes, the Doctor has got his plan working. I mean, he's almost. I mean, it's almost Batmanish mm-hmm. in the way he's like, I'm just biding my time, biding yep. my time. I know what I'm doing, so that at the right moment, on the right day, at the right time, everything came to yeah. being and, and worked out and it was just so good so and that's that's really doctor who at its best yeah when he plans yeah. things out and executes yeah. these plans it's not pointing a sonic screwdriver at somebody right chasing them away it's when he thinks these things through yeah or those moments where i still say one of my favorite episodes is the weird gas mask people yeah that you know the, empty child and yeah Dances. and the yep. little nanobots from jack harkness's mm-hmm. ship came out and and that's what they imprinted on and we're trying to repair everyone that way and as he began to put it all together, and he got so excited as everyone was going to live. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was such a big yeah. deal to him is that everyone lives. I just that was one of my fa- that's been one of my favorite Doctor Ep- Doctor Who episodes so far. Yeah, you're not alone there. So, I mean, I just one. absolutely because of the ending. I abs- it's so freaky. Mommy, are, are you my mommy? mommy? Uh-uh. I don't even want to. Uh. Uh-uh. How I cool? To talk how, about that. how cool was it that all it took? Like when they were surrounding him and going to get him, all it took was for him to go, go to your room. And they all turned around and left. <laughs> well, you know, there's that. And then af- when uh, after the, uh, what do you call it when they change? The regeneration. Regeneration. Yeah. After his regeneration from Christopher Eccleston into um, Tennant. Tennant, David Tennant. I always want to call him Matt for some reason. Matt Smith is the new is one. the new one, yeah. yeah. David Tennant. Uh, in that episode, that Christmas special episode, and this is your quote on the forums, and I absolutely love the moment where he's like, it, the, "These aliens are invading Earth," and he's talking. He's like, "He's trying to what talk him into leaving." He's like, yeah. "He's like, what's worth saying?" He's like, "What do you mean? From the day we arrived on the planet and blinking stepped into the sun, there's more to be seen than can ever be seen." What did? Wait, I'm sorry, that's the Lion King. <laughs> <laughs> it's such an awesome, so good. And there's another thing he has like. Where his hand got cut off, and then he grows it back, yes. and he goes, "This here is a fighting hand." That's right. a sword fight. <laughs> That's awesome. But then that pays off because he's like, "I'm trying. I don't know what kind of man I am." Right. And that's what he's doing. That's why he does the fighting hand joke and all that stuff. And it pays off so much when he's let the dude live, and the guy he's got his back turned to him, and he starts to run at him. They're all they're doing this all up on the platform mm-hmm. of some spaceship. And he just chunks the sword at a switch, and a trap door opens up under the guy, and he falls to his death. He's like, I'm the man that doesn't get second chance. No second chance. I'm like, oh, my Atlanta. Not only is he funny, he is completely Wolverine. Yeah. You know, and it's like, that is just, I just love, I have come to really enjoy the show. Awesome. And really enjoy David Tennant. Um, He says, uh, and I'm sorry, we get all that because he talked about me spoiling (laughs) the end of season three. 
He says, uh, he says, I don't mind the spoilers so much. I find it gives me something to look forward to. I loved Eccleston, who is my favorite of the two Doctors I've seen. Cool. I also really like Tenet. They're amazing, and the stories are fun and a little scary. Yep. Blink was really scary. Blink kind was of. Scary. Blink was freaky to think about those statues just... I thought Girl in the Fireplace was scary, too, with the clockwork people. They were hiding up under those, Madame yeah, de Pompadour's yeah, yeah, bed. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were uh, freaky. But that was also really tragic it was a tragic moving but is that the episode where he was banned from england where he was no that banished? was uh that was tooth and claw where him and uh he excuse me he and rose yeah. met up with uh, queen elizabeth right yes and that's where torchwood was after mm-hmm. him down the road is because he'd been banished by queen elizabeth yeah. back in the day um he says uh i'm not ashamed to say wait next i want to talk about are movies that i have shed a tear for for which i have shed a tear oh wow I mean, this is a thread in the forums. Have you been on that thread? No, I haven't. Uh, there's a thread in the movie section of the forums, movies that secretly make you cry. Oh, wow. And, uh, i got to get there, in on that. A, listen, you can find out a lot about the people on the forums <laughs> when you go read that thread. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he says, here are movies for which I've shed a tear. I'm not ashamed to say there are many, but the two that get me every time are Facing the Giants and Rudy, both football movies, and both about and both are about the players that overcome monumental odds and end in victory. I'll tell you something about Rudy. So when they hoist him up on his shoulders and it comes up, you know, he's the only one to be it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. I hate Notre Dame. <laughs> I hate Notre Dame football, but God bless you, Rudy. You know, <laughs> you know uh, baseball movies tend to make me cry, like The Natural really? yeah, and uh, Field of Dreams. Yeah. And, <clears throat> I mean, those movies right there. I mean, when he says, hey, Dad, you want to have a catch? The end, when he's not sure if it's his yeah. dad or not and is mm-hmm. this heaven and all that. I'm just like... Start mm. welling up, you know. Man, I tell you, the uh, the Remember the Titans. Oh yeah, Remember the Titans gets me when when Julius walks in there, and and Gary Bertier's in in the bed, and he just puts his hand up mm-hmm. and he's like, "That's not my." Hey, don't you can't you tell? He looks at the nurse he's like, "Can't you see that's my brother?" And I'm like, "Oh God, yeah, that's that's Gary Bertier, I love you. <laughs> Get up, good movie. Hey, walk again, Bertier. Walk." Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He says, for some reason, I always get misty. I do have to say, I think... Look at you. You're getting teared up thinking about it, no, no. Don't lie. Um, I do have to say, I think the guy that cried at Twilight needs to have his man called <laughs> Who cried at Twilight? There's a guy that said he cried at Twilight. Oh, no. Uh, I, like I'm you, sorry, Steve, man. have not been able to bring myself to watch this movie or read the books. I do not think vampires should sparkle. No. Finally, I would like to close my top ten villain list. Okay, cool. He's at number 10, Sandman. I just always liked him. Good choice. Number 9, Mole Man. I'm not familiar mm. with Mole Man. Mole Man is the first ever Fantastic Four villain. He was back in Fantastic Four number 1. Okay. They actually, if uh, the cover, the iconic cover of Fantastic Four number 1 is a big monster coming out of the ground and reeds stretching around him. And Sue's like, I can't turn invisible fast enough. <laughs> I'm like, what good would that do you? You're already in his clutches. <laughs> you know, the things down there going after him and the torches flying around throwing right. fireballs at him. Um, and he, and it's because this little Mole Man was basically an ugly guy who left civilization and he went to this place called Monster Island and there he found the subterranean creatures and monsters that he controls Mole and, uh, Mole 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 Man and my first introduction to a bad guy I still have an old Fantastic Four vinyl 45 LP with the comic book you read along cool. all the stories played and it was awesome Doctor Doom same reason as above 
Bane. I like that he was mentally an equal with Batman when he was not mm-hmm. hopped up on Venom. I do like that in, when he's introduced that he's a smart, calculating character. Yeah, they, they ruined that in Batman and Robin. He caused the uh, outbreak, or uh, he caused the uh, Arkham Asylum yeah, I mean, like, yeah, Nightfall. It was a whole. Nightfall, yeah, he yeah. was. was he was awesome. the mastermind behind it. Love I mean, the so story. It was all just to get at Batman and yeah. break the bat. Uh, Venom, number four. Mm. His teeth always scared me a little bit. Hmm. Uh, number three, Ra's al Ghul, another smart bad guy. He's a thinker and a great opponent of the Batman. Yep. Good uh, number two, he just see uh, Lex Luthor. He sees himself as the hero protecting the world from aliens, and he's just a little crazy on the surface. Now, see, I don't, I don't think that Lex Luthor. To me, Lex Luthor doesn't work when he sees himself as this big hero. That's something that's been explored in Smallville, and that's something that's been explored in the comic book series Lex Luthor, Man of Steel, the the miniseries. Good one. Um, I just I don't like the character. Like, I like it when Lex Luthor hates Superman because Superman because he recognizes how much better than him Superman is. And um, well, don't nowadays in current continuity, don't they have a mix of that where he's course he hates superman yeah there yeah jeff johns has definitely brought that back <clears throat> it's, his... but it's also mixed in with this because i mean i remember at one point superman said to lex recently um you could have cured cancer because yeah. superman was gone for a year with right. no powers he said you could have cured cancer or something to that effect while i was gone why didn't you do that and you know lex writes it off as i was coming up with a way to get rid of you or whatever right, right. Like, you know and the thing is is i always like lex luther when he just hates superman because he's either jealous of Superman, you know the business tycoon Lex Luthor post crisis Superman thing post Infinite Crisis yeah. on Infinite Earth. Yeah, Burns Lex Luthor hated Superman because he could not buy Superman. Yeah, you know it had nothing to do with trying to set himself up to be the hero. I think the way Johns is writing him right now is more of a uh, I'm telling you that I'm being the hero, but I just absolutely hate this. Yeah, guy. I kind of like know? that. Yeah, I, I do like, like that. that. That the public face he's trying yeah. to give is I'm trying to protect us. But inside, it's really just a revenge now, thing. Now, on Smallville, I do believe he thinks he's doing the right thing. Yeah, and that's but when and when he started doing that is when I kind of started mm-hmm. not lose the character, but just kind of like I really just wish he'd hate Clark. You yeah, know, be done with it. Um, well, uh, okay, <laughs> we don't have to get into all that, but yeah. yeah. Uh, number one, he says is the Joker. Some just want to see the world burn. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. That he Joker's, put that on there with yeah. it. That's really cool. Uh, he says, "P.S. The Joker soundtrack on the Dark Knight was an electric cello. An electric. I mentioned in my soundtrack, it was there's some weird electronic buzzing noise, and it. it's electric cello. That was a fantastic an electric cello. Add to that. The bow was dragged slowly for an extended period of time. Yes, I mean for at least five minutes. At mm. one point, um, sends chills up my spine. The perfect sound for the Joker. P.S.S. I'd love to get the opening music from your show and make a ringtone out of it. That would rock hard. Is it possible? It is possible, Matt Kruger. Go over to supermanhomepage.com to the media section, and you'll see uh, under themes, I think, there's a place that says uh, it's the Super Friends theme, and it says out in parentheses, that time is now. And you can download the MP3 of it there, and that's what it is. It's Super Friends that time. That time is now. Have you heard that whole thing? Because it actually opens with, I don't have it on the... On my, I've edited out the very opening of it. It actually opens with the radio, some stuff from the radio drama no, of uh-uh. the Worlds. Oh wow! And it's, the, it's the you hear the sirens in the background, and it's the reporter saying, "There are cars crumpled, and bodies laying all over the place." If this, in the in the opinion of this reporter, if this nation, in fact the world, ever needed heroes, that time is now. Oh wow! And then it just, and then you, and the and the music starts to build up, fade up behind him as 
as he repeats, that time is now. You know, That's like, cool. Yeah, it is very cool because it's the Super Friends and the Super Friends rock. Will you be mentioning the Super Friends? Yeah, Sammy. Yeah, we dropped them in at the end because yeah. Sammy said he didn't ever watch it. Wow. And, and I, he's like, I don't think I was alive when that was on. I said, Sammy, they were running it all throughout the 80s, man. You just had to know where to, you know, you had to know where to watch it. So. Indeed. Uh, we've got two more. One from Bob. Bab. Hey, Bab. Babby. Uh, Robert. <laughs> Bobbert. <laughs> Bobert. Hello, Robert. Robert. Uh, Steve, he says, I love the show. Haven't had time to properly introduce myself, but I've listened to every episode on iTunes. Wow. Cool. I'm about to start working on the old school episodes. Don't. I mean, <laughs> I would say... I would say pick up around episode 12. I don't think anything before episode 12 is, is really listening. Now, do catch the Star Wars episodes. Yeah, that's Those 16 and 17. Awesome. That's like when you hit your stride yeah. of perfection. Well, 14, I think it was 14 was the Muppets episode with yeah. Derek. Yeah, that was good. Which was fantabulous to me. I absolutely had a blast with that one. Um, he says, I had an idea on how to get on the Force cast, which I have listened to since they started. So Bob is a Force cast fan. Uh-oh. Listen to what he says. That show is obviously, and let's use quotation marks, bigger than goal. All right, Bob. Shutting down your email. <laughs> no, he's right. Yeah. I mean, they, they probably have, you know, 200,000 listeners as opposed to wow. my 20. So, <laughs> not 20,000, 20 and listeners. My, and my seven. Yeah, uh, there you go. Uh, so instead of trying to bug them until they let you on, have you considered inviting Jason, Jimmy, or even Pete, he was always my favorite, onto your show for some Star Wars chat? I had not considered that, Bob. <laughs> 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 That's the thing. I was like, because I was enjoying the bit, and then yeah. someone left me negative feedback on um, iTunes. Are you serious? Because I suck up to the Force cast. I'm like, whatever. They didn't get the joke. Uh, it says, if they come on your show and saw how amazing you are, oh, thanks, Bob, then maybe that would be a way to get them get on one of their roundtables. Just a thought. I think you'd fit in great on their show as well. Good luck. That's from Bob in Pittsburgh. Well, I read this email to say this. Bob, I sincerely didn't think about that um, until I read your email. I'm like, <laughs> that'd be cool to get these guys on the show. Uh, and I'll be honest with you, having Brian Austin Green completely made me not care who I asked to be on the show. I'm like, I'll ask anybody to come on the show now. I'll email George Lucas and be like, come on, Geek Out Loud. I haven't done that because I just expect him to say no, but I mean, you know. <laughs> Never know. Uh, yeah, that's uh, true. Yeah. Never uh, know yeah, you try. Steve, uh. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> that was almost Picard there for a minute. Yeah, that was, <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is George Lucas, and uh, you're listening to Geek Out Loud. You, Mr. Lucas, how are you? I'm I'm fine. I have 30 more seconds. Yeah, George, when's that TV show coming? Uh, well, the TV show is interesting in, in its development, and um, we'll talk to you later. Thanks for having me on. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that be that would be the interview. You have two minutes with him. Yeah, really. Um, uh, anyhow, so I began to reach out to Jimmy Mac and Jason. In fact, I emailed them a couple of months ago. Right after, apparently, the time email server crashed or did something wonky, and they stopped getting emails. And um, so, sure enough, when I heard them talk about that on the Forcecast, because I do listen to the Forcecast religiously, um, 
I was like, well, maybe they did get my email. Maybe they weren't just ignoring me. I didn't think these guys were jerks. I mean, because I was getting to the point where I'm like, wow, what jerks? Mm-hmm. You know, I was saying in my mind, I don't want them on the show, and I don't want to be on their show. If they can't take the time just to say no, at least, because I understand being busy. Mm-hmm. That's the thing. It's like if they got back and said, you know what, we're just swamped. We've got a million things going on. I would have been like, great. But, I mean, I wasn't getting a response at all. And then finally they're like, well, our email's been down. I'm like, oh, because I didn't think they would be jerks. I figured they at least say no. Next thing I know, like three days later, I'm getting an email from Jimmy Mack. Yeah, let's set that up. So next week I'll be interviewing Jason and Jimmy Mack awesome, for the Force Cast. Yeah, so I'm pretty thanks, excited Bob. about that. Thanks, Bob. Thanks, Bab, for that idea. I, all credit goes to you because I never thought about it. You're the man, um, sir. Bob's cool. Bob's the coolest. And... <laughs> What about Bob? And finally, let me see if I can find this thing just so I can talk about it and I can show you this thing. Um, oh, man. Uh, talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, talk am- hey, I'll give you a topic. A chickpea is neither a chick nor a pea. Discuss. Um, also working on... Kyle Newman coming on the show. Oh, awesome. So excited about that. Uh, here, this comes from Dave and uh, Dennis and Matthew from over the Satellite Feed podcast. Let me plug their podcast real quick. Go check out the Satellite Feed podcast. Uh, you can find it on iTunes. Uh, it says, Hey there, Big Honkin. Thanks to my roommate's skills with Photoshop. We managed to put something together we think uh, we both think you'll love. We're both big fans of the shows that you do. And when you interviewed Brian Austin Green and laughed about carrying him in a backpack, we both knew what had to be done. Hope you enjoy the results. And what they sent me was a picture they have entitled uh, Steve Baca. And um, and let me see here if I can get it to open up here. Uh, I, I hate my computer. I, I love that you told him that you produce rednecks down here or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. Yeah, he's like, what's the big export? And I'm yeah, like, rednecks. Rednecks. <laughs> Well, I mean, really, should've, you should have, yeah, but you should have plugged the roasted chicken. I mean, that's... I should have plugged the roasted chicken. <laughs> there it is, right there. You oh, can see, it's my like gosh. they took one of the Chewy statues. You should send that Sideshow to... Collectibles, and there's my face as Chewbacca's, where Chewbacca's features would be. Oh and peeking gosh. around, oh, I don't know what that picture's from, dude. That picture, of Brian Austin Green. He, it's like he's peeking around my head where he's strapped to my back and see through you, and just grinning. It is hilarious. You got to send that to him. Man. Uh, well. The story continues. (laughs) (laughs) I did send it to Brian. And uh, and guys, just so you'll know, Brian thinks it was hilarious. He he emailed me back and and, and just said, that's awesome. Thanks for sending it. Uh, So, yeah, he absolutely enjoyed it. I love it. I'll post it on uh, the website so we can see uh, Steve Baca carrying... (laughs) B-A-G-3-P-O on my back. That's so cool, man. It was great. It was really great. Um, and I appreciate those guys doing that for me. Well, that, uh, that's emails. And I love how, let's see, Casey and I, last time Casey was here, we got through two emails. We got through four. And uh, it's time for the show to end. All right. See you all next time. See, no, we got, <laughs> no. You know, I was thinking, Dave, when you were coming out, that several things <clears> led <throat> me to think about this. Because the way I come up with show topics is just, I'll be watching something or listening to something, and it'll make me think of something. I know that's very specific. That is. And, uh, <laughs> it's deep. <laughs> that's deep right there, man. That's well, still waters. Yeah. Still waters run deep. I can't, I, can't Dave, I don't there. know what that means. <laughs> um, 
But uh, but yeah, I'll, and I'll get to thinking about something. I'm like, That'd be a good thing to discuss on Geek Out Loud, and I'll just kind of tug in my back pocket and uh, and move on. Also, people on the forums help out. You know, suggest a topic thread, that sort of thing. Um, but I was thinking about I was watching the Matrix had come on TV, and I just recently finally my cable. When I first got my HD TV that I hold out my big hands I know, like this, I'm like, <laughs> I, I hold my hands out like this because that's how much I love it. It's awesome. Um, I had like three HD channels through my cable company and I was like so ready to change the other day I get home and I'm flipping channels and all of a sudden and I just go up to the HD channels because I'm like well let's watch the local news in HD and uh, and I was flipping and all of a sudden there's more channels there I'm like what? what the deuce? and uh and, and so all of a sudden I've got TNT, TBS, USA, just a bunch of HD mm-hmm. channels I'm really excited about. And so now I don't turn below the HD channels. I'm like, screw all those yeah. standard definition stuff. But The Matrix was on TNT. And I'm like, Matrix and high def, okay. And I got sucked in. I got sucked into The Matrix, Dave. <laughs> and, um, but as I, was, as, I, as I was kind of wrapping up and it was over, I got to thinking about, what a, I was thinking, just what a cool movie The Matrix was. Mm-hmm. And then along comes Matrix Reloaded. <laughs> and I thought, you know what will be a great topic the next time I do a Geek Out Loud? Sequels. That is a good And one. then I got to thinking, well, Dave's coming down in a couple of weeks. It'll be his sequel to being on the show the first time. Perfect conversation! That's it. Yeah, the Dave sequel. And uh, here we are, Dave 2. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, and... You know, it's it's interesting phenomenon in movies in Hollywood, especially nowadays. That if a movie does money at the box office, the studios immediately begin looking to a sequel. If and now, if the movie just has some incredible buzz around it from the get go, the movies will go ahead and green light sequels. Mm-hmm. They did it for Terminator Salvation. They did it for Transformers a couple of years ago. Star Trek. All of the Star Trek. They've done it for all of these superhero movies. Uh, Actors basically sign a three deal, a three movie deal retainer. You know that if, if they should get called back, you know they'll they'll be there. Um, so yeah, I mean it's it's a it is a foregone conclusion a lot of times, particularly with your summer blockbusters. There are going to be sequels. Yeah, sequels are nothing new to Hollywood. I mean there've been sequels for years and years now. You know, uh, particularly and this is what's interesting. It's particularly in the horror genre. Because you go back to the day, man, you had uh, you had spinoffs and sequels of all kinds of old black and white horror movies, particularly Universal monster yeah. movies, The Mummy and Mummy Returns. House of Frankenstein. Frankenstein, House of Frankenstein. You had uh, Bride <coughs> of Frankenstein. I mean, uh, The Wolfman, Wolfman meets Frankenstein. Dracula meets Wolfman, and they kiss Frankenstein um, or something like that. You know, uh, King Kong. King Kong Lives, mm-hmm. Godzilla, Godzilla, you know, versus Mechagodzilla. You know, of course, that came out of the old Japan. Right. Um, but as you got more into some of your commercial stuff, there'd be movies that would be made, and, and before you know it, man, they're just rocking mm-hmm. rocking the cash box with their with their sequels. Um, what do you think makes a good sequel, Dave? When you when you start talking about movies and their sequels, what makes a, what makes a sequel work? Um, if I'm, I'm putting you on the spot here, I understand. A little bit, but it's okay. I think it's uh, continuing what was good from the first one. Yeah. Or expanding yeah. it even. Yeah. Um, in the superhero film, not having the origin story probably helps where you can just start out. Now, I'm not saying anything against origin stories. Sure, I'm just sure. saying that 
like when you watch Superman two, you know the history. Oh yeah, and yeah. Superman's ready to go head to head with He's ready terrorists in Paris. Yeah, terrorists <laughs> in Paris. That's right. That's right. right. So there's no hydrogen bomb. <laughs> Are you sure? Did you say hydrogen bomb? <laughs> Are you sure? How can we be sure? <laughs> That's what he does, man. He goes all Pepe Le Pew. How can we be sure? Yeah, that's awful. She's like, but that'd blow up all the pears. We. I mean, he's like <laughs> so nonchalant about it. Have you you noticed that part where she's like, that, 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 that'll blow up all of Paris. And they're just all sitting down we, there like where it would yeah. go off. He's like, we. You yeah. know, like we can't do anything about it. And then she gets, Stupid it always Lois. bugs me, the stairs. Qu'est-ce que la Stairs? Stairs. Says it's like Mademoiselle. These are the these. It, yeah, she's running up the stairs. All he, Mademoiselle. Steve. Oh well. Yeah, yeah. Let her go. There's a hydrogen bomb up there. Why do I want to yeah. go mess with? Oh, her? I'm not going after. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the and what I love is the terrorists have nuns on the elevator oh, no. of the way. But anyhow, we digress. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, I agree. I see what you're saying about the lack of origin story being a plus in some ways. Yeah, and. <clears throat> I think it's cool to go back and revisit characters, see where they are. You know, some sequels will be five years later. Some of them are right after the first film. Yeah, I yeah. can't remember how much time went by after Spider-Man to Spider-Man Two, but it was kind of cool to see where Peter was at that point. Yeah, you get the idea that uh, <clears throat> with the Spider-Man movies, uh, with Spider-Man to Spider-Man Two, even maybe a year yeah. or so, because he graduated in Spider-Man One, he was in college. And, I mean, he was in kind of an advanced chem course there yeah. in college. So, I mean, I would even say a year and a half to, you know, he might have been in the sophomore year of college yeah. at that point. But between that second one and then the third one, maybe a little bit less time, a little bit more maybe. Yeah. Maybe a year. Maybe so. You know, maybe about the same amount of time. I mean, because you, at the end of the second one, Harry finds the Green Goblin stuff. And at the yeah. beginning of the third one, he's going nuts. He's gassing up, <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. But yeah, I mean, I just think continuing seeing where our heroes are, mm-hmm. or, or even yeah. not maybe not even heroes, but like in the case of Michael Corleone, seeing where he is yeah, five years yeah, after the yeah. end of the first Godfather, it's, it's kind of cool because he tells Kate, he says, "My father's way of doing things is done. We're gonna be legit in right. seven years or whatever," yeah. and then they're not. They're not right, right, right. <clears throat> so what? That's a. Let me tell you something. If you want to talk Godfather, I, I just watched those for the first time several months ago. Really, and. Absolutely loved every one of them. I like Godfather Three. I, you know, I know it's much maligned by the hardcore fans, right. but I liked it because what you saw, and and it's all summed up in that line. You know, every time I think I'm out, they suck me back in, and and it and it's a man who is he started out so good. Michael Corleone More was hero. the straight lace, yeah. you know, good guy, and you can see him in even through godfather 2 as dark as that oh, gets yeah. you can see the desire to get back to that to be that person again to go and reclaim uh not so much the innocence but just the the blamelessness you know to get the blood off his hands to get the to get the grime out of his system <clears throat> and he never does that and the price he pays in godfather 3 i mean that's pretty intense. my biggest my only beef with godfather 3 was i didn't like um Sophia Coppola? No. I liked her just fine. Uh, but her cousin that was making the... Oh, Andy. Uh, yeah, Andy Garcia. Andy Garcia. Yeah, I didn't... That came out of the blue to me. With oh, him. that they were in love? Well, no, with him taking over the family and everything. It just uh, seemed kind of... You know, because he's he's introduced as kind of the idiot, 
you know, and then he's like, he's getting the family. He's kind of a hothead, like his yeah, he's yeah. supposed to be Sonny's yeah. illegitimate yeah, yeah, son. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's a lot like Sonny in that way. Yeah. You know, that he is kind of the hothead. And, and I'm like, well, this will never work because Michael did things so much like the Don, you know what I mean? Well, he, he may have just been trying to get out of that point. He just saw Vincent, and he certainly didn't want his own son to take yeah, over. Yeah, um, So he may have just been trying to get Vincent to, because Vincent wanted it, you know. I mean, I don't know what Al Neary and, like, all those people that were, like, his soldiers for Rocco and him. Well, Rocco died at the end of two, but I don't know what Al Neary thought about all yeah. that since he was the one, you yeah. know, helping Michael throughout I, I all that I did miss Robert Duvall. I did, too. Godfather 3. Tom Hagen's I think, I think awesome. Had, I think had Robert Duvall been in Godfather 3, had they had a place for Tommy, it would have been a lot more well-received yeah. than it was. It was Just a that money one issue, character. though, wasn't it? I'm sure it was at that yeah. point. Had to have been. Had to have been. The one... You talk about continuing that story. The one thing that uh, Francis Ford Coppola did well is he didn't just continue the story. He continued with the look yeah. and the feel right on up into three. You know, it didn't three, though it was made in a completely different time than the other two and should have had been a lot cleaner looking and a lot nicer. He still kept that gritty look to the, to the cinematography. Yeah. I'm talking about the cinematography of it. I mean, it still had that dark edge around it i mean you know it, it was definitely you can tell it's made in a different time but it still has that 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 i don't know it's it's weird it's hard to explain what i'm trying to say i guess but the look in the field of cinematography was was very much the same it, it had the same uh aesthetic to it is the word i was looking for a lot of the problem i have with three is the sound like i don't feel like the sound comes across as well as the previous two films there, that and that's where i think you can <clears throat> tell that it's made in a completely different time period yeah. than those other two were because it is very much the sound mixing of yeah. a decade or, or you know after those other two were made the 70s movies have a distinct Crisp, sound it's like to, a crispness to I don't even them. know if it's a crispness well yeah it's because of the ADR yeah and the way the ADR is mixed my ADRs of the after the filming the, the looping where they go in and, and redub their um, their 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 lines over the voices because of background noise and that sort of thing and it's like for some reason the mixing's not quite there like it is say in 77 when Skywalker sound is formed mm. and George Lucas is everything about and that's really why all that technology came about with Lucas is because everything had to be perfect yeah you know yeah, I'm a perfectionist and and that's what I did <laughs> so that's what's taking the live action TV show so long I really think so I think so well I think so um, but anyhow I agree with you there I think that um, <clears throat> that that what makes a, a, a good sequel is are the elements that worked in the original you said. Yeah. I think you carry over some, even some specific bits that are throwbacks to what happened in the original. Not not rehashing it, not redoing it per se, but something is done that evokes a great moment of the original. Uh, Karate Kid Part 2. Mm-hmm. I mean, let's just talk weak sequels right now. Which uh, Karate Kid not, Part 2 is not a weak sequel, but these are movies that... You know, I don't know they're going to stand the test of time. Right. You know, I don't think that when when I'm 70 that there's going to be a podcaster talking about, i tell you what, that Karate Kid, <laughs> classic movie, classic film, The Karate Kid. Uh, but in Karate Kid 1, the way he won the tournament was with that crane, crane kick. technique. Yeah. You know, well, in Karate Kid 2, it's interesting that that you see him go for it and Mr. Miyagi, you know, in the background, yes, here we go, you know. <laughs> and you're thinking as a viewer, here it comes. Yeah. 
And then they do something like you said. They take that sequel, and and this is just in one little instance that I'm speaking of, of course, with this movie. And they ramp it up a notch because when he goes for that crane kick, old Sato's Chosen. nephew, yeah. yeah, is ready, and he grabs the foot, and he, you know, which Mr. Miyagi said, if done correctly, no can defense. It lets you know Daniel is not right as as advanced. You know, it's just that American kid, that blonde American that he pulled it on. Johnny. I hadn't seen it before. Yeah, John, I know it's Johnny. I'm just. You're Sorry. the best around. You're all right, LaRusso. Yeah, I know, right? Just because he kicked him in the face, he yeah, comes back. Yeah. You're all right. You're all right. Well, it's not just that. I it's ran you down the hill and tried to kill well, it's you. It's him but. getting up after he swept his leg. I mean, it was the. It's the. I'm facing you down, even though anyone else would have said I forfeit. That's cool. And he came out. Johnny didn't do much acting after that, did he? I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. We were watching. I was in college. The year was 1997. Oh. Um. Some years after the release of Karate Kid 2, and we were watching a movie, and there was a uh, an Asian. Uh, it was a movie that we're checking into a hotel, and the man behind the counter was Asian. And my friend Thomas goes nuts. He's like, that's the bad guy. That's the kid from Karate Kid 2. <laughs> that's him. That's him. Oh, my God. And uh, it was a, um, it, you know, but that's what I'm saying is they take those moments, they throw back, and even sometimes build upon or completely turn them on their head. I think also for some sequels, not all sequels, some sequels have to further a story. Not just the character development, but a story as a whole. Um, this is this is Matrix. This is the Matrix trilogy, what it, what it had to do, and in some ways I felt fell flat with that second movie, is that the characters didn't quite change that much. We got to see them in a little bit different ways. Right. The the biggest change you saw was in Neo, but the story progressed. And and I think a sequel has to have good story progression uh, in some instances. Um, the big thing to me with a sequel is the same care has to be taken in a sequel as is taken in the original film. Yeah. And, and I feel like if you watch a lot of movies that is the biggest problem with sequels is they think that we can slap this brand name on it and it'll be okay. <clears throat> Spider-Man 3. <clears throat> Superman 3, sir. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you Superman 3 before I take Spider-Man 3. Yeah. I'll tell you um, Terminator 3. Ah, um, Steve. Well, now, Are we about to go head to head? No, here's the thing. <laughs> I enjoyed Terminator 3 for what it was. The problem is, is when I saw Terminator 3, I wasn't that big a Terminator fan. I'd seen Terminator and Terminator 2. Right. I went and rewatched them before I watched Terminator 3. But when I got to Terminator 3, when you watch it, there is a lot of action. There's some cool stuff going on. There are some story points. But the franchise begins in places to make fun of itself. And there are even some deleted scenes where they took that even further. Uh, for example, the psychiatrist that uh, I can't think of what his name is. Oh, uh, Silverman. Yeah, Dr. Silverman. You know, he shows up, and he's just a parody of the character that he was in, in Terminator and Terminator 2. In Terminator, he was the police psychologist, and he's sitting down, you know, trying, and he was talking with Kyle Reese, and, and, and that role was, that role was pr- played very straight, as it was in Terminator 2. When you hit Terminator 3, he's like, He's a throwaway bit part, which, I mean, there was really no place for him, but it's like, hey, look, we still know who Dr. Silverman is. And he well, ends up getting kind of played as a parody of what he was in those in those first two movies. I can see your point. And there were some other little comments made here and there that, that kind of do that. And, and it's like, 
that was one of my things. I'm not against comic relief at all, but I don't like it when movies begin to parody themselves unless they do it well, Gremlins 2. <laughs> all right. Hulk Hogan. Hey, Hulk Hogan at the time, though, <laughs> all, the, all the Hulk Hogan cameo does is date that movie. Because at the time, Hulk Hogan was still a big star. He was still, yeah, you but know, because it was parroting itself. And, and that's the thing, though. I, I sat and watched that movie the other day. Robert Picardo's in there, by the way. Ah, uh, yeah. John Glover. Is really? In I didn't know John Glover was in there. Yeah. Wait. Yeah, John Glover, Lionel, right? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's he's the dude. He's the man. He's the Clampett guy that owns oh, the building. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah. I had no idea. It's hilarious. It's like Lionel Luther Light <laughs> is what he is in that movie. Um, no, the the reason Gremlins Two works for me is because you've got some of your original cast. You've got the things that happen. You know, they ramped uh, Christopher Lee yeah. is in Gremlins Two. Wow. Um, Too cool. Yeah. Right. Your man, my man. man. Uh, you, uh, oh, there's something else. What a the dude. Okay, in Terminator Two. Oh, hold on. Let me. Let's just stay on Gremlins. Keep your thought though. Mm-hmm. The dude that gets killed in his house in Gremlins One, the guy that was drunk and mm-hmm. you know, they didn't he get killed. Can, now they don't show that though in the movie. Right. Just in the second one, he's just there. We're right. just supposed to believe he survived, right. even though they were driving the bulldozer through his house yeah, right well, toward they, he but and they his wife. They ran away. They got away. Oh, come on. Don't that, start couldn't that. that be a parody? No, just like so. Silverman's. I don't a parody? think so because if you look at him in the first one and in the second one, the thing about him coming in the second one is, is they talk about the fact that he went through a lot of counseling because of what happened, and they'd all tried to convince him that they weren't necessarily real, you know. And, the, and she was kind of just. And she but he, was, he he had encountered them yeah, before, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, like pre she, pre the original. No, right? no. What was he talking about? He was talking about back in World War Two. Right. Uh, they would say if a plane went down or something, they called it a gremlin. Okay. You know, okay. they were just saying so. And they were saying there were gremlins in the machine. It's been a while. If there was bad luck or something, they'd be like, there's gremlins. And so that's why they named the little things gremlins is because he was always talking about the foreign cars and that sort of thing had gremlins in it. Right. Um, But if you look into, he's been, and I can't believe we're analyzing gremlins (laughs) and gremlins too. If you (laughs) this is this is monumental podcasting, ladies and gentlemen. He's he's they talk about the therapy he's had to go through and all that thing, and she's just as clueless as she has been. I mean, she is like, um, uh, uh, what's her name off of All in the Family? What was Archie oh, Bunker's gosh. wife's name? Um, Estelle is what Estelle? No, <coughs> Ethel. Ethel. Ethel Bunker. Could oh be. wow! Yeah. Anyhow, I can't believe I can't. Remember but she that. was like her, in as much as she's just kind of <clears throat> clueless about the situation, you know, and she's just walking around all happy to be there and everything. Um, there is a lot of comedy in Gremlins too. They took the little bitty comedy bits that were like in the bar scene in Gremlins, uh, in the theater when they're all watching Snow White and they start to sing Hi Ho. Yeah. The thing about Gremlins is it was very scary, but there were those moments that were very comedic. And they took those things and just said, you know what, let's amplify this for Gremlins too. A lot of families watched Gremlins. A lot of family picked up on video and liked it. Let's make this a family-friendly movie experience to go to. And that's what they did with that. And so, and there were a lot of, it was very spoofish in mm-hmm. some ways, you know, of, of other things. They're like when the gremlin grows the wings and he flies out <laughs> the window, there's the bat symbol, right. you know. Yeah. And it was that time. It was like, I think that one came out in 90, yeah. 89 or 90. Yeah. And so it was around this time where all these things were big. And so it does kind of date itself, but it's still a really good movie. And what Gizmo goes through in that <laughs> movie is a change like you, I mean, it's a character development thing yeah. because 
Billy even asked him when he finds him after he's Ramboed out, he's like, what did they do to you? You know, because you know now that Gizmo's been this nice little singing little fuzzball has been pushed so far that, I mean, he's lighting things on fire. Yeah. He's, I mean, he's just ticked off. He's not going to take it anymore. I, I'm a fan of Gremlins 2. That's cool. And uh, it's, it's not bad. You want to butt heads on that. No, and, no. And I understand I'm a fan of Terminator 3. I liked what Terminator 3 did, Rise of the Machines. Um, you were going to say something about Terminator 2. Oh, yeah, in Terminator 2, I was talking about the cast members. In Terminator 2, there's the guard. He's kind of a chunky guard. Mm-hmm. And when we meet him, he's getting a cup of coffee. He's at the psych, the, the, at the psych hospital. And uh, the T-1000 comes up from the floor. It's when he comes up from the floor and he comes up behind him. The guy turns around and it's him standing. And he sees himself standing there like, what in the world? And then he gets killed. Those are twins. That wasn't camera tour. Oh, camera wow. tricks. Those are twins. And they're in Gremlins 2. <laughs> Oh, as, wow. as Count Dooku's little assistant guy. That's cool. He's not Count Dooku in right. Gremlins no, 2. Not. <laughs> he's probably not. Uh, he's Darth Tyrannus. He's probably not Saruman either. No, he's not Saruman. <laughs> you're right. You're right. Um, but that you know, to me though, that's that. That's the thing is is in a in a sequel, the same care has to be taken. And you mentioned Spider Man Three. I think Spider Man Three is not about the care not being taken as much as it is about studios getting overly involved and listening so. too much to fans. I mean, let's be honest. People, they listened way too much to the fans on that one. Yeah. Not enough to the director, not enough to the creative team that drove it. Sam Raimi wanted uh, Sandman and Vulture, which to say that doesn't work until you consider Sam Raimi did an awesome job with Doc Ock. He did an awesome job with Green Goblin. And if he was passionate about the character of the Vulture, I think what? you would have seen a lot more. Because I really enjoyed the characterization of Sandman in Spider-Man 3. I did too. What, now, what, um, what is with, since we're kind of talking about this, what is with putting two villains in these movies? Like, yeah, as they go and, on, and, they and get it two feel, And it feels like that's kind of when in these, these franchises start hitting roadblocks. Yeah, if you're talking about a superhero. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, that's what I, mean. I was going to say. You said one of the things that a sequel might benefit <clears throat> from is the lack of an origin story. And I'll say one of the things sequels sometimes suffer from is the lack of an origin story. Okay. It's like, well, we don't have to have the origin. We can throw everything in there. And um and and I think that's what's happened with some of them, you know, that there's just too much happening. Um I'm probably going to get killed for saying this, but I kind of thought the same thing about Dark Knight a little bit. It's like I loved what they did with Harvey. Right. But I thought if they would have saved that as like a cliffhanger, yeah, then the yeah. third movie could pick that I, up. I, I can agree with that. However, I feel like the way that Joker ends up using Harvey in the end, yeah, um, I think there was a better. I think they balanced the two villain thing. Well, they did it in Batman Begins. They had two villains. You had Scarecrow and Ra's al Ghul. Yeah, and the, and that's yeah, the thing. Christopher that's Nolan balances those things very well. That's true. I didn't think um, about that. You know, you had the Joker who was the front man out there doing the crazy stuff that everyone's paying attention to. But then you had the behind the scenes thing that was the real. Pro- in the end, was the real problem, and that was Harvey Dent. Yeah, and and him, you know, being the person that if people knew what he did, then Gotham would just crumble yeah, yeah i mean and not necessarily crumble but i mean people lose more hope than they already had yeah. and uh and so i thought he did that well a, a, an example of a movie where too much is going on to me x-men 3 yeah i stand understanding that i don't spew venom on that movie like a lot of people no, do. I don't either. um it's it's fun to watch to me i really enjoy it i love the one thing they did so right in that movie was bring wolverine in his character to this final point of just accepting who he is and what he is and where he is. And the moment he does that 
is when they land on that island and he looks at his team and he says, hold this line. I'm like, I, I was like, yes, hold yeah. the line. Hold the line because Wolverine <laughs> told you to. You hold the line because Wolverine said so. And, um, and, and, and then at the end, you know, he's there. He's at the mansion. He's embraced yeah. the idea that this is my life now, and I'm going to learn, and I'm going to enjoy it, I'm going to live with it. Um, and it's good. I don't, think that's, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And I don't think it makes him any less Wolverine to be okay with where he's at. Wolverine is not a bad an awesome character rather let me say uh because of his angst as much as just because of his his toughness he's right. just a tough joker and that never changed in wolverine yeah you know uh his passion is part of what makes him who he is and and his passion fuels not only his anger and but it also fuels his love i mean look at the 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 situation with gene gray not just in x-men 3 but in x-men 2 yeah. you know i mean all this stuff that's that's who wolverine is but x-men 3 the mistake I think was in the story. Yep. You you had instead of doing just the Dark Phoenix, and instead That's of not. or or doing just the mutant thing, right? They they tried to put it all in one. I really think they should have wrapped up the mutants versus human thing, not brought Jean Grey back at all, and then did Dark Phoenix down the road as an X Men four or five. You wonder if uh, Brett Ratner felt compelled because the last shot in X Men two is. The Phoenix Bird. You I'm sure he did. I'm Although that really doesn't link up to how they bring her back. No. no well, she's in the in the lake. <laughs> yeah, but and then doesn't and then Cyclops dies. See, that screen. sucks too. Yeah, it okay. does. It really does because I, I hated Cyclops. Because yeah. let me just say, my X Men growing up was the cartoon. Yeah, watched all the time, mm-hmm. and I hated Cyclops on that show. Right? Yeah, I've heard the a movies, lot of people say that. The movies and Joss Whedon's Astonishing X Men made me love Cyclops. Oh wow, again. wow! And maybe it's the actor. I don't know, but I couldn't stand that he got killed off. Yeah, I mean James, that to me was just really James Marsden. Yeah, I mean he really. I mean he did a good job in Superman Returns yeah, as well. Richard, but yeah. I'm just saying I, I really enjoyed him as Scott, and, and you know I was sad that he wasn't. Yeah, I, you know I was sad that he wasn't there in the end. I kept thinking somehow they could figure out some some way to bring him back. But. To me, I think it would have been neat to do the humans versus mutant thing and have Scott doing his grieving thing throughout the movie, yeah. and then finally come around at the end to stand with the mutants mm-hmm. with, through this cure and everything. Um, and then, as I said, maybe in X Men Four and Five. However, I also know that there's another thing where the studio said this is it. You know, the head of the studio said, this has got to be the last one. Why, though? Because it was Fox? Yeah. I mean, pretty much. You know, it's it's pretty <sighs> much, it, it's a thing where, the from what I understand, and this is all hearsay, and yeah. I, you know, I don't have the facts to back this up, and so I'm just going to go ahead and tell you, this is gossip, people. Um, Tom Rothman, I believe his name is, head of Fox Studio, basically didn't ever want the X-Men in the first place. And so, and that was didn't ever want the X-Men in the first place. I didn't use a double, double negative. So <clears> when <throat> when it came to it, he was just, I'm done. I'm done with this thing, and I'll just make money off of it. You know, I, I really, that's really kind of what the, the thing was. And, and so now the only reason they did X-Men Origins Wolverine, the only reason they're looking at doing Magneto is so they can keep the rights of these characters, which I would love to see. Marvel get them. I would love to see Marvel Studios get all their characters back. Um, I'd love to see him get Spider-Man back. I would love to see him get Spider-Man. You know, although not I don't say, feel not like to say I don't want Sam Raimi directing, right? But to say that I'd love to see them just to be able to have these characters play in each other's worlds. I definitely want to see Marvel Studios get Fantastic Four back. Yes, 
You know, I think that when you start doing an Avengers thing, I, just I'll tell you why. Because I want to see Hulk thing fight. Well, they're not going to do it. They're not even going to do a Fantastic Four three. No. I mean, well, I, is Silver Surfer still in production? I mean, they're I still working, looking toward that. I don't what know. About? I'm sad though. I mean, I, from everything I remember, that movie made money. Yeah. Like I, I don't understand yeah. what the, the what it's the, the issue. The weather was it wasn't critically well received. Okay. I mean, it's so bad to the point that I think they're afraid it might not make because it didn't make enough money to really silence all the critics. Same thing with Daredevil, though. It made I distinctly remember Daredevil distinctly winning the opening very weekend. Well. Yeah, it did very and well. Me thinking, man, that was a cool movie. And well, I know my thing a lot is, of people if don't Ghost like it, Rider does enough money to make, yeah, well, I mean, come yeah, on, yeah. I really like Daredevil. Yeah, I did too. I mean, that's especially that. Have you seen that director's cut? No, I you noticed you have both of them. I do, though. of that's course cool. I do. I love that's the awesome. director's yeah. cut of Daredevil. It makes it so much more complete. It's got Jennifer Such Garden a better movie. Too. Yeah, yeah, she's pretty smoking. But um, but Sorry, yeah, I Joy. mean, they're they're you know, and that's just superhero movies. I mean, you know, we're right. talking, we've gotten on a very specific thing of superhero movies. Uh, we've mentioned Gremlins, or Gremlins Ghostbusters. Yeah. Had a sequel, Ghostbusters 2. What did you think of Ghostbusters 2? Uh, I think it started out really well, and yeah. it just derailed when they were walking down New York in the Statue of Liberty. Now, see, I disagree. <laughs> I thought it started off kind of lame and ended up great when they were walking down the streets of New York <laughs> in the Statue of Liberty. <laughs> well, I watched the first half, and you watched the second right, half. Right, using the, using the NES Super Pad, the <laughs> controller. <laughs> Your love keeps lifting me. Um, I think well, the thing about Ghostbusters 2, to me... Is you had the same cast back, and you know you couldn't necessarily do the apocalypse all over again. You know the way it was being done nah. in, in Ghost. Um, it didn't seem to have the edge. Yeah. That Ghostbusters had to it. You know, right. Ghostbusters seemed to be a little bit edgier. It was scary too at times. I it mean, was. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, let's be honest. I'm sorry. There's still some things about Ghostbusters too that are kind of freaky with that painting coming out and his little face oh, rawr, yeah. Rawr, rawr, yeah. you know going after a baby a sacrificing a baby while the dude from Alan Bill watches here's a story Joy as a kid watched that and yeah. hated going to the, like the old time tubs yes because when you turn the water on the goo yeah. came out yeah. she said that scared her for years yeah so awesome that's kind of cool I love it I love it well you know the the um it did creepy guy from Allie McBeal. That just hit me when you yeah, said yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, little little guy, little tiny guy from Allie McBeal. I don't know what his name is. Oh, he's been in twenty four the last couple of seasons. Has he really? Yeah. yeah. Um X Files. Oh you yes. know, this is one the first movie, uh Fight the Future. Fight the Future. Was done in the middle of the series. Ninety eight. What's between seasons three and four? No, it was season five and six. That late? No. No, it no, it wasn't done that late. I don't think it was even ninety eight. It was, was five it? and six. It wasn't between seasons five. And Look six. it up. We got the resources. I don't. Right here. I don't think it was. Talk amongst yourselves. Talk amongst yourselves. All we good. Anyhow, so they come out what ten years after the ending of the show. No, it's like six years after the end of the show. Really? Was it only? Yeah. Six? I guess it was only. It feels like ten years. It does. It feels um, like forever. That show we talked about this earlier today. Just we talking, sh- and, and, and I'm we should do I'm no way trying to like will myself on here again, but we should do an X Files episode because I, think I know be that stuff like yeah. back of my hand. I've got to go back and and and, and get back into it. Um, let's see. I don't shut. Talk amongst yourselves. Yeah, I'll give you a topic. Marlon Brando did not wear clothes. He wore dresses. <laughs> this was particularly true <laughs> in Superman the movie. 
<laughs> he wore a garbage bag with an S symbol. <laughs> what about that stuff? That was pretty cool. Speaking of, um, um, he, he he didn't come back for the sequel, or they wouldn't let him come back for the sequel. Well, the Richard they Donner cut stuff, though. Right. The problem the was they Donner. couldn't put that was that was a money situation. But I'm going to say this to you, sir. Um, I love Superman too. The one I grew up watching was the Richard Lester yeah. version, and I yeah. loved it. I love it too. And for me as a kid, it never had to be explained to me. I always, with his mom dealing with him and everything, I said, well, it's matters of the heart. Of course his mom's going to be dealing with him. Mm. Um, now, having gone back, but listen, okay. did you know growing up as a kid that the Marlon Brando stuff was there? No. Uh, exactly. Okay, so when I, get, when I get all grown up and I start reading everybody's thoughts on the interweb about how Richard Lester's the devil, <laughs> you know, I'm like, Richard Lester is the devil. Why do they do this? And then I, I see the Donner cut. I want to tell you the Jarrell stuff was powerful. It was it. What made that more powerful though was not his necessarily his conversation before losing his powers, but when he went to get his powers back. Yeah, showing that making that make more sense. That was good. There was a one part um, when he almost looks at Lois when Clark's stepping into the chamber. Do you remember that? Where the head actually turns and looks at Lois. Oh yeah, like stares her down, like freaks me out, man. Yeah, and she backs down, man, because it's like he can almost see her or something. Yeah, from from beyond, from the great beyond. Um, I'm pretty sure it's it. It was filmed the highest between the shows fourth and fifth seasons, and reshoots were done on the shows. Right, so the fifth season during the filming of the show's fifth season, which meant that some episodes did not revolve around Moldy and right Moldy and Scholar, Mulder and Scully. But just one of the two because they were filming for the movie. Right. So it came out that summer. So it came out between five and, and six. And it took place between five and six. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those. What season was it where she found the <coughs> the uh, the ship on the beach when she was uncovering the ship on the that beach? That was the end of six and the beginning of seven. Wow. I See, believe. I thought that movie was, I thought it was a year or two before then. So, okay. That's when it had like the book of Genesis written on the. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All the different, a lot yeah. of different texts on yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyhow, they come back out with uh, X Files. I want to believe. I want to believe. What'd you think? You're um, the X Files guy. Okay. What you have to understand is it's not really a sequel. It's like a revisitation. Like so, it's not a sequel to Fight the Future, like right. the first movie. Right. It's more of okay, where are these guys now? So the s- series is over. The series ends with them on the run from the FBI. Yes. And it starts out Mulder, I guess isn't working it looks like he's living in scully's house or something is that i didn't take that as being scully's house that he was living in i took that as just being a safe house where he was i guess so still kind of doing On string the theory and stuff I guess. and throwing <laughs> pencils in the ceiling <laughs> yeah had a beard yeah that's nice i like the movie because what the movie did for me was make me miss the show and i think when something like that happens it's done its job for on some level the the movie to me seemed like it was an episode they never got to do. Yeah, I mean it really did. Yeah. It seemed like it seemed like Chris Carter came back and said, "You know, what? here's an episode we never got to do." Yeah. Frankenstein. You know, let's do it. <laughs> but however, I will say this: I loved the fact that I had no clue what the end game was yeah. until we were actually shown the end game, and then right. I was like. Oh my gosh, that's sick! And that w- and it was perfect X Files. Yeah. yeah, it was. Uh, there were some pointless deaths to me. Some of the char- one of the characters, especially who died, she 
Um, Amanda Pete. Yes. Um, yeah, spoiler alert. My dad um, was very upset. Yeah, I just I, it it seemed out of the blue and kind of pointless. It didn't seem to do much for the story. What do you think people's biggest disappointment with X Files? I want to believe was. it didn't have anything to do with the mythology. And I think I think from the get go, you know, a show being off the air for six years that's a long time in TV world. Yeah. And to get people back to the theater, you're only going to get probably the hardcore fans, maybe some general people. Yeah. So you probably should have made it, and they tried to do that, but you probably should have made it where you didn't have to have watched, you know, you wouldn't have had to have seen the show. But yeah, you could also make it a continuation because the last date we're given in the final episode is, I believe it's December 22nd, 2012, is the date of the alien invasion. It's two th- my, well, t- December 21st. December 21st. That so it's, calendar. Right. So it's, you know, 2008 this comes out. Right. I mean... Uh, four years from now, the alien invasion's coming. Yeah, They're running yeah. around chasing Frankenstein doctors. Right. You know, well, so. Well, but, you know, I think, to me, I think a casual fan could have watched it. I think it was the X Files tag that turned a lot of casual fans off because they thought, well, I didn't watch the X Files. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. But that, had, that show had such a huge following. I was surprised that it didn't do as yeah. uh, that well. It didn't get the repeat business. I think a it lot of people. It also came out, let's, let's be honest, it came out either a week or two weeks right after Batman, uh, Dark Knight came out. Yeah. So you it had wasn't, to be Wally to be able to compete with that. Right. And I, I honestly, as soon as they said this is coming out in the summer, I said that's a mistake. They yeah. should have made it a fall release. It should release. have been a fall, a Maybe fall or Christmas October. release. Yeah. Around, around, it would have been a perfect Halloween That movie. would have been a great yeah. movie for Halloween. Yeah. I think it would, I, th- I agree so with you. I think it would have done a lot better fault, than. I think. A lot yeah. of it. Yeah. You know. Um, I agree. I, I liked it. Okay. I, I don't think it lost any money. It it moved kind of slowly to me. Yeah. And Billy, what's his name? Oh man, the father. Be, yeah. It was here. No. <laughs> here she going. is. Yeah. It was. It was here. Number one. Yeah. 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 Um, I thought his journey was awesome I, in the yeah. film because I mean, now you have to understand. I don't condone anything to do with his character. Right. But that's something straight out of the headlines. The psychic powers, and, the molestation. Right, and he thought it was God talking to him, and, and they don't really tell you whether or not, you know, they don't really say, well, it certainly wasn't right. God. You know, they, they leave it open. They to leave you. it open to interpretation. And, you know, Scully's dealing with this thing with her. I mean, she is a devout Catholic. Yeah. Has been throughout the show. She's dealing with her thing at the hospital. She's got a crisis of faith going on. Right, and she's also having to confront yeah. this monster yeah. of a man. Yep. Yeah, I, don't it's, know. I it's, thought it was really. Yeah, cool. there was there was a lot going on, a lot of depth. It, there was a good story. I felt it moved, real, but I do feel like it moved real slow. I found myself at times going, "All right, let's let's rock and roll." <laughs> yeah, let's 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 continue. Right. Um, but I, the, the the I think the failing, the biggest failing of that sequel was the timing of release and the timing of it versus the ending of the show. Mm-hmm. Like you say, six world, six years. Long time in TV world. Like I said, ten seems like ten. Yeah, you know, and it's only been now this year seven. Um, do you su- think? Do you think it deserves a sequel after this to like, wrap it Let up? Let me tell you or? something. I want to see the mythology I tied up. Too, I want to see it all Big come time. to an end. I, it got. We said a while ago it got so convoluted in those last two seasons. Mm-hmm. Um, not that it wasn't already kind of crazy, <laughs> but it got it just got messed up because right. they they tried to throw a little bit more in there than what I was comfortable with. Um, I want to see. Well, there was the season where Mulder freaking had the dream or or the future vision or whatever it was, right. where 
they open the window yeah. and there's an invasion because he wasn't around to stop it. Yeah. You know, that's the thing that you've got to see. You've got to see Mulder stop this invasion, I think, or how in the world he would even begin to try to do yeah. that. You know, and I and think they may have paint themselves in their corner because at the end of Fight the Future, that movie, you really, I mean, that is a dark movie because there's basically no hope. They have this little weak vaccine yeah. that they can give to people, yeah. but there's only a small amount. Right. And so you're left at the end of that movie thinking, man, there's no way they can stop this. Well, not only that, but I mean, all their, it's the classic thing of any evidence we had is yeah. has been stolen or destroyed. Except the beat. You know, yeah. <laughs> I saw, you know, Mulder got to see with his own eyes this huge spaceship, which later on when they resolved the stuff with his sister kind of made me sad, yeah. um, you know, that she was dead, not abducted. Although, But they left they it open that she that, could have been abducted. Well, they kind of brought that into question even in this movie. Yeah. Because uh, I believe Father, what's his name? Why well, I keep forgetting his Anyway, the Father priest. O'Malley. <laughs> the priest. Beef O'Bradis. Right. He says... Um, I can't remember what he says exactly. He says I just always see him. He of, was a pirate on Muppet Treasure yeah, Island. Yeah. And that's what I always will see him as from now, henceforth and forever. He said something to the effect Jim, of... Jimmy, uh, Jim, 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 <laughs> Jimmy, Jim, Jim. Remember. <laughs> I know. Beware the one-legged man. Right. And never run with scissors. <laughs> or any other pointy object. Listen to it's you. all fun and games until someone puts out an... Ah, ah. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Oh. And so I have a hard time because every role I've seen him in is usually co- comedic. Right, but I thought he, he did, did a good oh, job. Oh, he did a fantastic job. But he says something in the mold of this of, to, that leaves you to believe that he says she's alive, isn't she? And it's like left ambiguously whether it's about his sister, sister or, or the FBI agent they were looking for that got killed at the beginning. I thought, I, yeah, I just. I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think it was his sister. I mean. They were talking about his sister yeah. or oh, something that made me I don't, think, know. I don't I, know, man. I just think that uh, they did leave it up for interpretation as to whether or not she was abducted and just killed in the midst of right. abduction. You know, but I mean, I feel like they tried to get too down to earth with it toward the end. You know, whereas, yeah, a little bit. Whereas they should have really, after all we've been shown, continued to ramp up the mythology. It got a little too crazy with Magic Baby. <laughs> you know, and it got a little too crazy with the super soldiers. But anyhow, we're talking about we don't need right, yeah, we right. need to do an X Files <laughs> right. geek out loud at some point. Absolutely. Um, it, I mentioned this one, and this is what kind of got me thinking about this: the Matrix trilogy. Um, let's go ahead and say Matrix was a phenomenal movie. Yes, um, groundbreaking, and that was one of its successes. The story was so engaging, and so it was Terminator two point you know, it's not. It's not only have the machines taken over; it's they have they've gone digital. You know, and and they've taken over to such a degree that there's the resistance. Forget John Connor, right? You know, we need the one. We need there's there's a there's almost a religion to what's going on. Exactly. Here, you know, and there's prophecies and that sort of thing. It was so sci-fi, but it had that element of fantasy. I watched The Matrix for the first time when I saw it. I, I'd rented it on video. I didn't get to see it in the theater. And and I watched it. I, I'm like, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't see what the big... It's a great story, cool effects. I don't see what the big deal is. And then when Neo dies, and then he stands up, and the music... Because until that point, they hadn't really used that orchestral mm-hmm. music. 
it swells up. He stops those bullets, just kind of looks, and they drop, and he blows up freaking Smith. I'm like, I love this movie. I loved it when he was he was fighting with one hand. Yes, and just kind of like looking, looking away, looking yeah. at himself while he's fighting with one hand. Um, so it was that we're now exposed to one of the other reasons that a sequel will fall flat, and that is the expectations on it when you hit Matrix Reloaded. What do you think of Matrix Reloaded? I don't remember being that let down by that one. Yeah. Um, you know, there was parts of the movie that were very shaky, but I thought it ended on a cool note. Yeah. The cliffhanger with Smith being in. Yeah, that was a great cliffhanger was, ending. Yeah. That was cool. Yeah. And then I, it was uh, revol- uh, Revolutions. Revolutions that really kind of made me go, mm. Really? Now, see, I'm the complete opposite. Really? Once again. Um, and here's why. Because with, revol- with Reloaded, I was like, really pretty to look at, really nice to watch. The story could have been done in 15 minutes and it would have been a two-parter instead of a three-parter yeah you know so much like i was watching last night and it was like so much talky talky between all the fighty fighty okay this the uh, second one's when he meets uh architect yes okay ergo (laughs) ergo the anomaly of the misconception did you see the will ferrell (laughs) spoof on that a few years ago was that the mtv movie awards (laughs) oh so good Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was weird. Yeah, it was. And, and it was cool because I remember being like, oh, wow, he's, he's really out. Because I thought there was going to be a Matrix inside of a Matrix or something. Like, I thought it was going right. to be this infinite amount of right. Matrix-y. Matrices. 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 <laughs> but the third one was really, I don't, I don't think it picked up the pieces that well from the See, second one. See, I thought that it did. Um, I, I hated that everyone died, you know, as far as like Neo and Trinity. Which I guess is not everyone. It's just but those did two. Neo die? I mean, where did he go? He just gave himself over I guess to the machine. Went to heaven. He just went to um, heaven. <laughs> no, I mean I, the the fight killed him. You know, he sacrificed himself. I thought he gave for himself the to the machines or something, and they took him into the. Well, he let him. He they, he he plugged in there to go fight Smith. That was the that was the thing, and that was where. And this is now. And here's the success of the Matrix trilogy. Is there are layers upon layers. Those Wachowski siblings are just nuts in the yeah, head. I mean, right. they really are. And there's so many layers to pull back and look at with these things. Um, for example, Neo was the sixth one. Right. Um, six is the number of man. Yeah. And so it may, you know, and and it makes sense then that it would be this one that's different and this one that really truly gives humanity its chance. Right. And. Smith did something different. There were, like there were several anomalies that the that the architect didn't plan for. Yeah. Uh one, he did create Neo to be a little different in his decision making. And he perfectly anticipated that when Neo walked out that door to go after Trinity, that the humans wouldn't have that humanity wouldn't have a choice. But Mr. Smith, or Agent Smith rather, is what caused the machines to come back and say, You gotta help us out. And mm-hmm. so when he goes and he meets the real source and the machine begins to talk to him and he's like we and he goes to plug in to go be beat mr smith and revolution or agent smith and revolution elron and uh mr anderson mr anderson you felt me against starscream um <laughs> i have to say smith made was like he made those movies to me he on really some did level. On, on, yeah um and you see i don't know 
that's the one thing is I don't think they ever planned on it being a trilogy I don't until either. after the success of the first one. But they did so well take the things that had, the groundwork that had been laid in the first one, and they didn't twist any of it. They didn't shake any of it up. Agent Smith was going a little cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs in that first one. Yeah, you know. So it is that when he is still around in the second and third one with this newfound ability. Um, it just makes sense that he's talking smack. He's acting more, you know, because he's free from these parameters more than he ever has been. Um, R- R- Matrix Reloaded to me, like I say, pretty to look at, but it's just, it was too much exposition, you know, separated by a few cool fight scenes here and there. Had to be fun to make. I was thinking, watching other stuff, I bet they had a blast yeah. making this stuff. But Then but, they had the twins. Yeah, the yeah. Twins. I and it's were- like, they were cool, we, but they didn't do anything. With they it. didn't do anything but the yeah. car chase, which was an amazing that car was chase. Awesome car chase. Um, but yeah, I just, I just felt like there was a lot of, lot of glitter and very little substance. Yeah. And I think that that, that what had the ground that had been broken, in the Matrix by the time Matrix Reloaded came out, everyone was doing bullet time. Right. You know, everyone was doing that slow motion stuff. And it's like they continue to rely on those things to keep a certain continuity once you're in the Matrix, and I understand that. But it just wasn't as amazing to right. look at anymore. Right. Um, I loved Revolutions mainly because it took place outside of the Matrix, yeah. most of it. You know, and so those big mechs they had taken out, the, like just the squids falling down, you know, just piling up as they were taking them out. And, uh, you know, and then and then the final battle with Neo and Agent mm-hmm. Smith, the way it was, and... It was just, to me, I thought there was a great finality to it without there being a full finality to it. Yeah. Like, you could still see Morpheus. Like, in my mind, because it's just a piece that's been made, I could totally see Morpheus going in like, no, we've got to defeat this program altogether, you know? And him continuing to go and and fight the fight or either even letting there be peace and someone else come along saying, "Uh uh-uh, we're not living in peace with these people or with this thing. So, um, well, you may have just won me over. I may need to watch them again. Yeah, yeah. Well, Reloaded, I wasn't a big fan of. Right. But it was Revolutions that I was a bigger fan of. Um, give it another chance. Let's see. What else have I got written down here? Because Pirates of the Caribbean. See, that's another one where the first one, did you not like the first one? I did like the first okay, one. Okay, see, that's another one where the first one, I think, set the level of expectation so high. And they went back, and, the, and this is one of those two where they filmed those next two. The, the back to together, back, yeah. yeah, together, so they could release them, you know, in tandem, pretty much. Dead man's chest didn't care for. It's another what? It, how? I mean, what do you? Go now, for. I, now, I do understand that I've only seen the first two mm-hmm. because after Dead Man's Chest, I didn't want to see it. Oh, one. you didn't see it. World's End because they threw that love story thing in there. Yeah. That was completely out of left field to me. When you watch that first one. Which love story? Uh, Will and Jack and what's her oh, name? Oh, the little triangle? Yes. Between Will that and Jack That wasn't there in the first movie. And Elizabeth? At all. There was some flirtation oh. there with, with Jack and She was and disgusted by him, though. She was. No, well, no. See, that's the thing. You watch him on that island when, when, he's supposed, when, she's drunk, when he's drunk and she's acting drunk. She is smitten with the life of the pirate. And and therefore, there's a little bit of smittenness with Jack. Um, I was disappointed. It wasn't a big stretch to me. But, well, the thing is, is that's addressed in the third one. Yeah. And uh, and my thing with Pirates of the Caribbean 2 and 3, 
is to me, again, it was a situation where a lot of exposition going on in the second one could have done without the second chapter and jumped to some so of the, the stuff. So the third one was good. I really enjoyed the third okay. one. Well, I mean, there was, a, there was a neat finality to everything. Everything wrapped up. I heard they're doing a four, though. Not necessarily... Well, because there's still something left. I mean, that's the thing. It's like everything's wrapped. It's just like the Curse of the Black Pearl. They've wrapped up all the treasure, but at the end you see them pop that compass open again. You're mm-hmm. like, I thought the compass led to that treasure. Mm-hmm. No, it le- you find out at least you're... Well, in the, in the, uh, in the third one... There's a there's another kind of MacGuffin that comes about. Okay. And um and at the end, you know, Sparrow's going after it. And you really kind of see what Jack's been after this whole time. And you know, there, there I had some disappointments with the third one. You the Kraken is killed off screen. Oh man. Yeah, yeah, like you just they they walk up to him, he's dead on a beach. And because Davy Jones was forced to kill him by the East India Trading Company because now he's in their employ because they have his heart in the box, you know. Mm. Um, that's disappointing. Yeah, yeah, that was Kraken was, was really one of the better. But parts I'm telling you the what, the, the final battle scene, yeah. though. Oh my lanta! I'm talking. You're talking ships in a whirlpool. You're oh, talking cool. swashbuckling, swinging from 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 boat to boat, sword play. You know, the evil winning the day, seemingly. But you know, and I think what Matrix Reloaded and Pirates of the Caribbean two didn't have to be a part of a trilogy is that second chapter wasn't quite dark enough. Mm-hmm. Um, you didn't feel... All, I mean, yeah, Jack dies in Dead I Man's Chest. I didn't even care, though. Um, but they did have a cool cliffhanger. Both of them had a cool cliffhanger. When oh, old with Barbosa the, yeah, comes walking yeah. down the that stairs... That was cool. That's what got me pumped to go that see was the third cool. one. I'm yeah. like, I was really bored through most of this, but I'll go watch yeah, Barbosa. Yeah, that was cool. You know, um, and, it, and it's all paid off. The third one's okay. really good, and the score's so good, the third we'll one. We'll have to go. But I just feel like we'll have to go. But I feel like I feel like that those are movies that they had such a great idea overall for the story. Um, and both of them have things that you just peel back, and there's so many things, so many storylines going on that something got lost in that second one, giving all this exposition out. You okay. know, so that by the time you get to the third one, you feel like well, it already fell flat anyway. Yeah. Um, and now we got blind neo walking around and crazy jack more crazy than he ever was coming back and um but uh but they both had some cool throwbacks i thought to uh the original yeah movies you know matrix had uh you know morpheus he did the little hand thing mm, where he yeah. you know where he strikes the pose and does the hand like right uh pirates of the caribbean though did the best when he's like you will remember this to be the day that you almost and he gets splashed away. oh yeah Captain Jack Sparrow. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so some cool moments. Um, some classic things that w- that, that that I've written down. Um, gosh, we go on all day. Now, we didn't talk in the new Terminator. It's, well, that's more of a prequel. Well, is it? That's what's so crazy about it. Is it? My head hurts. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> because it's John Connor meeting Kyle Reese who he will send back in the future, he'll send back to the past to protect the future so that he can send him back. So we're not talking about the new Terminator. Darn you, McGee. <laughs> James Cameron and your cursed James paradox. James Cameron. Um, James Bond sequels. I mean, do you really call those sequels or are those just... Mm. I mean, because there's not a... And there does were it, a and few. Does, and does it have to be a continuous story? Well, the, yeah... I think so. Because, I mean, like, 
classic sequels play off stuff of the original, like we talk about. Oh, you would think so. Like Fredo being passed over to be the boss, mm-hmm. and Michael taking over, yeah. even though Fredo's next in line. Right. And then that kind of plays into part two, yeah. with Fredo betraying him a little bit. You know, still, it's kind of harsh at the end, what happened. Right. But, uh, James Bond, you know, maybe I haven't seen Quantum of Solace, but I'm, I understand that it plays yeah, off those two, Casino yeah, Royale. Yeah, those two grow into each other. Okay. But I'm talking about, like, the classic James Bond movies where... There are a few that have Blofeld in them. Um, Her Majesty's Secret Service, his wife mm-hmm. gets killed at the end, and that kind of plays into the next one a little bit. Hmm. But I wouldn't... I mean, there's very few James Bond sequels, I yeah. would say. Those there, are just continuing there, adventures Are there almost. any bad James Bond movies to you? Mm. Yeah, I mean, there's a couple. Yeah. I don't hate Timothy Dalton like a lot of people do. Oh, really? Yeah. This is interesting stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's a. I, I just. I don't know. It's not. That's what your mother said, Trebek. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> I don't even know what that means. Um, Jaws. I'll have the rapists for. That's therapists. <laughs> You are stupid. That's, I'll take swords. <laughs> That's S words. <laughs> All right, Jaws. Would you, Jaws? Yeah, Jaws. Uh, um, the first one is so good that there really shouldn't have been any more, in my opinion. And that's not one of those movies that, I mean, they got so bad at the end that. The first one? No, no, no. The first one's good. Right. So I'm saying there shouldn't have been a sequel. Sure. Okay. That's, <clears throat> uh, that's a, and that's a good point. Are there movies that are so good that you just should never touch them with a sequel? I think Ghostbusters and Jaws are good examples. But they're of making those. a third Ghostbusters. It's uh, Harold Ramis doing. I mean, terrible. this is the keeper sounds of the. Awful. I don't Next know. generation of Ghostbusters. Come but on. with the original cast, they're only going to be in like half the movie. From Still. everything I'm reading. But look, didn't Jaws get so ridiculous that? Uh, Brody, Brody's wife like moved down to the Bahamas and that's the shark Jaws, yeah, chased that's them Jaws down there. Yeah, that's Jaws How did the revenge. shark know where they were going? Because <laughs> it's more than just a shark. And then the one where it gets trapped in SeaWorld. No, that's Jaws 3D. Yeah, that was actually originally in 3D in theaters. Awful. It was Jaws 3. Jaws, Awful. Dennis Quaid was in that, though. Awful. Yet another reason that Dennis Quaid is my Chuck Norris. Dennis Quaid <laughs> beat Jaws. Yeah, but his brother is Randy Quaid, who crashed, his, crashed a... Uh, Plane into the mothership and into saved Earth, all because of the teachings of Dennis. Do not shake your head. Do you can't? Ha- no, this is not a we safe place. This, we had this I conversation know, last. I know, time. and I'm about to kick you right off this podcast. This is not a safe place to hate on Independence Day at all. Um, <laughs> I don't see any sequel yet. They kept talking about they were going to have a sequel. Well, and they never had one. It's one of those movies that's so good you don't need Just to leave it alone. It. That's right. <laughs> That's what I think about it. <laughs> Take your little Independence Day hating self. And Where's iRobot 2? I need an iRobot oh, part 2. I'm not a big fan of iRobot. Now, Jaws. Anyhow, back to Jaws. Okay. I thought Jaws 2 was good. Um, because, let me tell you something. More than the first Jaws. The first Jaws is, is once you get out on the Orca... It becomes this very claustrophobic man versus nature mm. type thing going on. In Jaws 2, it's very much the who's about to get their legs bit off. Right. And I still, like right now, I want to tuck my knees up under my chin to get my feet from quit dangling off this yeah. chair. I mean, I watch it, and I'm like, ooh. You yeah. know, I'm just like, oh, get your feet out of the water. <laughs> Here it comes. Oh, God. Um, you know, and, uh, now Jaws 3, 
I'll admit, lame, <laughs> lame. But you, I mean, you can't really go wrong though with Lou Gossett Jr. And, uh, Iron Quaid. Eagle movies. That's right. <laughs> um, Jaws: The Revenge. I think everyone. Well, Michael Caine. Now, who that, that wasn't the last Starfighter in it? Didn't he play the? He played Brody's son. He played Brody's son. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, no, no. <laughs> I mean, it was weak, sir. That was weak. Um, Jaws is kind of though has that trend of there's something about being scared that people will go back for and right. back for and back for. Hence, you've got Friday the Thirteenth right up through part like ten or twelve. Um, not to mention the new remake, the Halloweens. You, oh my gosh, I haven't seen the remake. I hadn't either, but let me tell you something. Those originals, that, to Those me, Halloween was the horror movie that never needed to be remade. Yeah, I mean, I it was just that. that. The Freaky. music was perfect. The music was perfect by John Carpenter. The those first two are so just perfectly eerie and scary and gory. Um, uh, I know a lot of people like the second one. A lot of people don't give that a lot of credit, but yeah. I mean, they're basically in this hospital the entire time with him yes. stalking everybody yeah. in there, and that is yeah. freaky to me. Yes, it is, sir. So. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street movies. There was, I think, there were six of those. Uh, the first one being really eerie and weird. Uh, by the time you get to the fourth, fifth, and sixth one, Freddy had become a comedy routine. Yeah, you know, and and that's the danger in some of these things is that Freddy became such an iconic character. He had the mouth on him that he, that it almost got to be kind of laughable, some of the stuff that was going on. However, I love Freddy versus Jason when they brought both of them that was together cool. and, and had them fight. That was good stuff. Now, the last nightmare was where it was like they broke the fourth wall where they, like, said, yes, this was a actual movie that we made, and then Freddy really West comes Craven's, to life. It was Wes Craven's new nightmare. Okay. And it was like... Uh, yeah, they were filming a new Freddy movie or something. And he really came to that life. That was really bad. But it had the original chick girl, from, yeah, yeah, from from the first one in there. And then Robert England was going crazy. Yeah, yeah. I don't. That was kind of weird. That was weird, but <clears throat> hey, it worked. Um, <laughs> the other thing that people come back for are laughs. Um, yeah. <laughs> the comedy sequels don't tend to work out too well. No. Dumb I mean, and Dumber. Well, I mean, I never even went. I guess that's a prequel. That. Though, right? Yeah, I never bothered to see that mask. Some <clears throat> of the mask, I never bothered to see. Wayne's World, Wayne's World Two. I think Wayne's World Two was just as strong as Wayne's World. I do too. I mean, I do too. I, because it was basically the same movie. If anything, <laughs> yeah. If anything, I think it got a little too big. Yeah, dare sure, I say? Sure. Um, because the first one was really right. I don't, it's like hanging out with regular guys yeah. or something, you know. Well, I won't say regular guys. I'm just saying you could sure. you could see those guys. Um, you know, I don't know. Police Academy. Did you ever see the Police Academy movies? Yeah, I did. I loved, I loved, loved the Police Academy movies. One, two, and three are just golden. Yeah, they're good in my opinion. They're good. You hit four and you're okay, but four was like Bobcat Goldwaite's movie. <laughs> I mean, that's really, really was. Oh my gosh. Citizens on Patrol. That. Yes. Um. I thought about that. After four, five, six, and whatever else came beyond that, pick up sticks. Um, Who knows? They could have done without those things. Because you lost, at that point, you're losing Steve Gutenberg. You lost a lot of the original cast, and it just wasn't what it was. But I'm telling you what, those first three Police Academy movies, to this day, to this day only, I love them. Yeah, Yeah, I I thought they were good stuff. Um, Running through the Star Trek movies. Khan was a great sequel. Uh, if it was a sequel, Wrath See, of Khan was a great that, was a great way to kick off a movie franchise. 
Are you a hater of the motion picture? The motionless picture. Now you, ah. Uh, you're going to come on here and, number one, my podcast. Okay. Number two, you just hated on Independence Day. So, I did that last time. Too. I know. I, the, the, the thing with Star Trek, the motionless picture was. Now, it's not really called that, right? It's called the motion picture. If you say so. The thing with Star Trek, the motionless picture. Now, who, was, hold on a second. You were telling somebody a few episodes back about how they showed the Enterprise for like 20 minutes. Yeah, ridiculous. That was one scene, Steve. You uh, made it sound like they did that every time. <laughs> in my mind, that's the biggest thing I remember from that movie. Tell, was that Casey? It might have been Kim or Casey okay. Moore. Yeah, yeah. I just it, it was such a. I don't know. The story was just long and drawn out, and, and it's like, what is this? Oh, it's it's a satellite that we just launched. Viser. Yeah. Um, and there's a bald lady, and that's never good. <laughs> You know, and wow, half the movie is the Enterprise at the docking, <laughs> at the docking station. All right, all right. It just, it fell very flat. And I think if you talk to anybody, Dave, they'll agree. Except Jeffrey, who agrees with me that it's a pretty good movie. I can't even go pretty good. I mean, I'll have to say a lot of hard work went into it. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's, that's the nicest thing I can say about the first Star Trek so Star Trek Two: The Wrath of Khan was a great way to kick off a movie okay. franchise. Now I will say that when they've when the new movie came out this year, they released um, the first what they called a trilogy of mm-hmm. movies, and it was two, three, and four. They didn't even put the motion picture in the there. motionless picture exactly. So well, you're two, right. three, and four was a single story. Yeah, it was. Too, really. It was. You're right. Um, even though it was different by the time. I, I love Star Trek Four. Sir. It's good. Absolutely love Star Trek Four. The thing that these movies did was not so much develop characters, with the exception of maybe Spock mm-hmm. through three and four, but you just got to follow and hang out with these characters. Yeah. And and I like Star Trek Three. Enjoyed us um, too. You know, I, I think to me one of the coolest shots is the Enterprise blowing up mm-hmm. at the end of Star Trek Three. For two reasons. Number one, it's just a really neat explosion. Number two, it's the Enterprise blowing up, and I'd love to see that all the time until they oh until they did it in every single new yeah. Next Generation movie. How many Enterprises they go through between first con- between Generations First Contact, Insurrection, and... Two, three. And what was the last one, Nemesis? Nemesis. I think they went through four, didn't they? Didn't they blow up? Nah, the one in Nemesis Didn't they blow up an Enterprise in every single Next Gen Not movie? Not Nemesis, they didn't. Okay. I don't think. I don't know they did in Insurrection I know they, either. I know they ran. I don't, dude, I, have, I saw Insurrection one time. I've never watched it again. I mean... Nemesis I've seen twice. It was me. It was here, number it one. It was here, number one. <laughs> number one, if I told you... <laughs> if I told you... Come back with me and fight. <laughs> That's what he tells uh, Kirk when they're in, in Generations. Who am I to argue with the captain <laughs> of the Enterprise? Don't ever leave your post. I'll make you an admiral, or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. None of that makes any sense. No, not oh. unless you've watched all the Star Trek movies. You're smoking crack, it might yeah. make sense. Um, anyhow, <clears throat> you know, Star Trek, I mean, you know, those were different kinds of sequels. They're, you know, that's why I don't bring up them or Star Wars, really. Yeah. I shouldn't have even brought them up, because... Um, well, I'd say them more than Star Wars. Well, the thing, though, is, is Star Wars really set the bar for what a sequel does when it comes to Empire. No, but I mean, like, Star Wars, I do believe... You know, even though, like when you watch the documentary and all, 
he says that he was just trying to make New Hope, mm-hmm. or at that point, just Star Wars. Well, what he said was, I, I really originally had a vision, and it was too big, so I cut it down on three parts. And I said, well, I'm going to keep this, and by hook or by crook, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to see if these movies are made. That's what he says. He says by hook or by crook. Uh, by hook or by crook, I'm going to make sure these movies are made. Um, yeah, but the, so maybe, they're like a trilogy. As opposed to sequels, Well, right? I mean, a or sequel. I mean, it's definitely a sequel. <clears throat> I think the thing is, is for Empire, to me, nothing had ever been done like that before as far as just not only are we making a sequel. I mean, they'd made sequels before. I'm not saying sequels hadn't happened. But I'm saying not only are we making a sequel, but this is that idea where I talk about the same care has to be taken. The same care was put into Empire Strikes Back as was put into Star Wars. And more so, mm-hmm. you know. I mean, they continuously upped the ante in what they were doing in those movies. And um, Same thing with the prequels, I think. I, I agree. I agree with that. You know, they continuously tried to make things better and better and better on a visual scale, storytelling scale, everything. And when you get that big reveal, Luke, you know, no, Luke, I'm your father. Mm-hmm. What? The end. And scene. You know. <laughs> Did you ever see Reign of Fire? Nah. With Christian Bell and Matthew McConaughey, nah. you need to watch that. Really? Movie, sir. Yes. Okay. Yes, it's it's it. a really good movie. I'll watch it. And um, and the uh, the, the 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 they do a little play of Empire Strikes Back. Oh, okay. They love it. It's really cool. Okay, it's cool. funny. Um, Indiana Jones. Indiana Jones movies. Yeah, man. Uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark into Temple of Doom. Temple of Doom not so well received. Temple of Doom was like a prequel, though, right? Timeline wise, timeline wise, yeah. But it, but we didn't know, we didn't have that word back then, you know. I thought it was a sequel. Yeah, Um, I liked it. Who doesn't like Temple of Doom? Well, a lot of people don't think it's as strong as Raiders or Last Crusade. Oh, Nom Shabai! Oh, Nom Shabai! Oh, Nom Shabai! Anyhow, um, prepare to meet. It's the Black Sleep. (laughs) Don't drink! Don't drink! No, Doctor Jones. You call him Doctor Jones, Brady. Um. The black sleep proclaimed <laughs> him. Uh, so creepy. Oh, that's, <laughs> that was that's my Harrison Ford. That's my Harrison Ford on the table. That's how he sounds, isn't it? <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, oh my gosh. It, you know. What about Last Crusade? Now, see, I love, and by love, I mean absolutely love Last Crusade. I do, too. Um, Even plays off of Raiders a little bit. Oh, I love that moment when they're down in the sewers headed to the tomb, and mm-hmm. they see the writing along. She's like, what's this? She's like, Ark of the Covenant. She's like, you sure? He's like, pretty sure. <laughs> <You know? laughs> um, and I liked in the new one. That oh, they yeah, were that shooting, it was there. and then it was yeah. like there. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's awesome. It's like, go get back and get it, Indy. Go back and get it. Let's play that game again. Nuke the fridge. Um, mm. <laughs> did you not like the fourth one? See, now, and this I did. is where I, I, did. I, really, I did. really enjoyed I the really fourth did one. Too. I thought that as much as the nuking the fridge was over the top, I, I liked think, it. I don't think the rest of the movie was. I, I think that. Um, I mean, listen. If he can get on a lifeboat and jump out of a plane with two other people in the lifeboat with That's true. Did I make live, that point? 
I don't know. Man. I don't know. Maybe he did. That's true. They fall out. They go out of the crashing plane yeah. in the little life raft. And ski. And ski down the mountain. Then snowboard. fall down the mountain. Then hit the rapids. And they're okay. And then they wake up to big scary Indian man on the banks. Yeah. It wasn't good. They would... take <laughs> Eat. 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 <laughs> Eat. Darkness fall over all land. You can have mine. <laughs> Look at the birds! <laughs> Those aren't birds, sweetheart. <laughs> Giant. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, dude! Oh man! Um, oh, can you think of any examples where, outside of Empire Strikes Back, um, any examples where the where the sequel is better than the first one? Godfather Two. I I know that's the common. That's it is common. I know I mean, that's it's kind commonly of crass accepted. For me to say that, yeah. but I really feel like <clears throat> because of the flashbacks showing Vito. Let me tell you something about Robert De Niro in that movie. Yeah. Like Robert De Niro nowadays just makes money off of crap parroting himself. Yeah. Robert De Niro is a phenomenal actor. He sure is. I mean, he Raging Bull. He when he pulled. Listen, I watched him pull off Marlon Brando. I watched oh, yeah. him. I watched him become Vito Corleone. Yeah, there's things. And, there's little things he does, like rubs his face. Yeah, or, yeah. do a little scratch yeah, up here. It's yeah, just the voice. Even the, like it even kind of looks like him a oh, little bit. Yeah, I, he just he he. Well, you're so. And that's the thing. When I realized that Brando wasn't going to be in it, of course he couldn't have been. I didn't mm-hmm. know you know what the deal was. I didn't realize there were going to be flashbacks. I knew De Niro was in it. When I realized it was a flashback to Young, I was like, really? They're going to do this? But then as I watched him, I'm like, wow. That's what, that, that to me is what made it so... I was more engaged <clears throat> with the building of the Corleone Empire than I was Michael's part the of the story. The destruction of the... Basically, yeah. the destruction. Yeah, I was more engaged with, with Vito's... The, with the rise of Vito than I was the... But I mean, like, if you watch the very end of part two, <clears throat> and it's Michael sitting out in the chair mm-hmm. in front of the lake... Yeah, and he's just sitting there, and he's thinking about when he told him, when he told his family he was mm-hmm. going to the war, <clears throat> yeah, or he was yeah. joining the Marines and everything. It was supposed to be kind of a more happier time, right? And it was like he was a good person back then. Even. Yep, yep. And I mean, it's just, and it ends just like that, and that's it. Yeah, it's just yeah. like this man is that gunshot out of the boat. Yeah, yeah. This man has destroyed his whole life. Yeah, I just, I, I, I mean, I still, there's something, I just love that original Godfather, though. Yeah, it is. And it, and it really hinges on Brando for me. I mean, they're definitely right there together, yeah, but yeah. I just feel like the second one. And, I, and, I know, and I know that is generally what's more accepted, so I don't think, I'm not calling, you know, I'm not telling you you're wrong. No, I know that, no, that, no, is, no. that is a general consensus among fans. Um, you think Superman 2 is better than Superman 1? Or Superman the movie? Superman 1. I think that... I think that I grew up enjoying Superman 2 more than I enjoyed Superman the movie for no other reason than the fight at yeah. the end. You know, um, I, Superman 2 had those great moments in them. Uh, the return of Superman to Metropolis, mm-hmm. then the music cue, the wind blowing, you know, landing on the pole general. Would you care to step outside? Um, Haven't you ever heard of Freedom of the Press? Oh, please. That was terrible. Uh, yeah. Can't um, uh, I'm not coward, Zod. Yeah. Die you deserve Let to. Let him prove it. Yes. Let. <laughs> oh, Superman. Ah! 
Oh, Superman. Um, Stop. Don't do it. The people. We, <laughs> no. Uh, uh. <laughs> well, we have fallen <laughs> apart here in the waning moments. Oh, um, the, uh, the fortress stuff was a little overkill with the cellophane S. <laughs> and... The the finger shots. Yeah. The shots of the beams out of the fingers. I never understood where those came from. Now, the disappearing and reappearing stuff, I was always on board with that. Yeah. Because I had an issue of Superman where Clark Kent and Lois Lane were in a plane and they got sucked out. And Clark uh, saved himself. And what he did was he flew in a circle at super speed, pausing briefly... Uh, I see. He would change where no one could see him, and he'd pause just long enough so that people would see, make it look like Superman was catching Clark well, what Kent. About, what about, there was like multiple Superman at one point, because Lois said, Superman, I that's what I was saying. That's what I was saying. Huh? He was moving so fast, but just stopping here and there. Oh, yeah. So that, when, uh, so that when he could just stop moving there when they went to... Well, you know, Superman didn't have the finger pointy thing. Mm-mm. He was He was just deflecting it. So I always thought, well, maybe Kryptonian's get different power or there's some different yeah. level to powers like maybe they didn't have they didn't have like ice breath they just had like strong breath maybe they had not strong as in bad like you've been eating roasted chicken but <laughs> i don't know um of course you know then he rebuilds the great wall of china in part four with his eyes with his eyes <laughs> just looks at it, so that's cool well that cool sound effect too by the mm. way where were the effects Did they have any uh, money for that or? well they blew them all <clears throat> in the opening credits Wow! Really? <laughs> yeah. Mm. With that, with that opening credit sequence and the yeah, earth. That's awful. Um, where did they blow those effects? Credit? They, they blew them all on the getting Gene Hackman. <laughs> they, no, they blew them all on the prop of the big stack of money, <laughs> where he looked through to Porkins and the other guys. Porkins. And uh, oh my god, <laughs> that was Porkins <laughs> from Star Wars. That was Porkins. It was. I know. Um, now that you, say you, that. you may prefer uh, what's his face? Um, Eckhart. Lieutenant Eckhart from That's Porkins too? Yeah. Oh my god. (laughs) You may prefer the chunkier, heavier set uh, military intelligence guy from Raiders of the Lost Ark. Oh my gosh. I knew that. I I think I knew that, or at least knew Porkins don't don't give a duke, son. Before he died, he was in everything. Yeah. God rest his soul. God rest his soul. Um, He got more work than uh, stay on target. Stay on target. Lose it up. I love the fact that there was a southern X-wing pilot. <laughs> There's all these. Just English hold them off for a few seconds. <laughs> more seconds. Yeah. Um, Rocky. Uh, Rocky two. I don't know that it was superior to the first one. No, not at all. But it was good. But it, was it was just a good. As good. It was just as good. Rocky three to this day gets me stoked, sir. Rocky three and four. My goodness. Um, love those movies. And do you not like Rocky three? Mr. T. Maybe? First part Overland? of it, I like. When he fights Hulk. <laughs> you don't like when he fights Mr. T? <clears throat> and the strategy he comes up with just to get more... I mean... I like three better than I like four. <gasps> Sacrilege, where he's fighting for America Look, and man, change? There was a, wasn't there a robot living in his house? Or if something? I could change... That's such not a part of it. <laughs> and you can change. Everybody can I like, change. I do like part five, and nobody likes that one. You need to shut your mouth and get off this podcast. You don't like five? I, the Tommy, Tommy Gunn, Tommy Gunn, yo, yo Tommy Gunn, <laughs> come here. Um, my ring's outside. 
I ain't hear no bells. <laughs> Yo, Tommy, I ain't hear no bells. What's the matter with you? Um, Touch me, I sue. Sue me for what? Uh, <laughs> I do love that Principal, uh, whatever his name was in Smallville, George Washington Duke. Um, <laughs> he was the principal after Quandine. Like once or twice. I love. He's like GD. <laughs> I think that that's such a great delivery yeah. of a lot. He's like only in America. Only in America. Um, this, Rocky Five just it tried so hard and fell so flat because I think everyone wanted to see Rocky get back in the ring to overcome the odds of of what was apparently a, a debilitating Bret Hart syndrome. Yeah. However, what you find out in Rocky Balboa was just a severe concussion. I didn't see Rocky Balboa yet. Do you have it? Do you have it, Steve? Dave, let me tell you something about what <clears throat> freaking Sylvester Stallone did. He made me want another Rocky movie. Okay. In a good way. Do you have it? Yes, I have it. All right. Why wouldn't I have we'll it? watch it then. It's freaking Rocky Balboa. Mason Dixon. Yeah, you, you think that's corny and cheesy, but it works, son. Okay. There's no villain in Rocky Balboa. Okay. That's what's so great about yeah. that movie. Um, that's the thing is with the to me with the exception of five, and five I can watch. I'm not one of these people that will completely turn my nose right. up to it. Um, but with <clears> the exception <throat> of five, Rocky the Rocky series I think is consist is pretty consistently good across the board. If for no other reason than there's some awesome boxing scenes in each one. <clears throat> Why would Drago be bad though? Just because he's from Russia. He took steroids. So did Rocky. No, Rocky didn't steroid up. Don't you dare accuse Rocky of... Not in the movie. Not in the movie, well, but I'm not talking to bulk, about in to real bulk life. up to be Rocky. I'm not talking about in real life. I'm talking about <laughs> in the movie. I got a stash from Hogan. That's not very nice Thunder of you. Lips. You, need to, you need to quit talking smack on this podcast. This is a safe place to geek out. No, uh, the point... The, that's the thing about that movie is is that during that time... And Dave, I don't... When were you born, Dave? 81. See, you don't remember the the commie days. You don't... <laughs> <laughs> you still think of Russia as our friend. Yeah, they are. Um, I love you, Russia. Y- yeah. Mm. Russia with love. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, I, it was the time. It was the timing of, uh, of of what was going on. And and I think they did set up Drago to be a bad guy. I mean, he killed Apollo for crying out loud. If he dies, he dies. You know, I mean, like, no compassion, you know? But I'm saying, like, was it because he was from Russia? I guess not. It was. Well, I mean, Gorbachev and them stood up at the end. I guess I was supposed to be Gorbachev. Well, it was stood Gorbachev. Clapping. Cla- Yeltsin's right there next to yeah. him. I mean, it was an interesting situation of the the people, the actors they got to look like these people. That's the, the that was the point of Rocky is that at the time tensions were so bad between us. Yeah. That when he goes to Russia, it's the first time you ever seen a Rocky movie. Rocky actually booed because in Rocky. He was in Philly. They wanted to see him win. In Rocky Two, same thing. You know, they wanted to see him win. Rocky Three, they wanted to see him get his title back in the end. Rocky Four, he walks into a place where he's not just fighting this gigantic monster of a man. He's fighting the crowd. Right. You know, he even says, "When this first started, I didn't. Youth didn't like me, and I didn't know how I felt about youth." And uh. <laughs> So I guess I didn't like you very much either. Well, yeah. What about in five when he's sitting there at the at the be- at the end? Oh, I'm sorry, at the beginning, and he's like sitting in the shower and his hands he's are shaking. shaking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, how is that just a bad concussion? I mean, when the camera Have you lights. Have had a were, really bad concussion? I've had a concussion. Yes. Have you ever had a really really bad one? Well, I mean, what's bad? It's just bad. Well, I had one where I couldn't sit in a lighted room. Oh, well, there you go. 
but I didn't well, no, my, here, <laughs> here is here is the biggest thing with me and the Rocky movies. From Rocky Four to Rocky Five, that kid ages a lot in about a week's time. <laughs> I saw that the other day. I saw the beginning and I was like, This kid looked like a little twerp. I mean, what about that, man? How about how in. about how quick that kid ages? That's the fastest growing kid in the world. Go my for little, it. Mm. Go for it. I've got all the soundtracks, by the way. Uh Short Circuit 2, better than Short uh, Circuit. Don't you go, eh. Um, they're you probably, like they're the probably equally as entertaining. No, Short Circuit 2, to me, they're equally entertaining, but Short Circuit 2 is a better movie. Because I tell you what, at the end of Short Circuit, when he starts to get beat up, mm-hmm. and he's just rolling down the, the street trying to save his life, right. and, oh, I, I, I get choked up. Man, it's it's intense, man. Oh, Wally, oh, Wally beforehand. <laughs> M- movies that didn't have a sequel that should have. Flash Gordon. Really, the the Flash. Yes. Oh, one of my all time favorite movies. The very save the universe. <laughs> the very end. Somebody picks up Ming's ring, and it says the end, and then a question mark. And that's how it ends. And so you think because well, who of picked that it up, man? Ming. He wasn't really dead. He went inside the ring, so somebody picked it up to save him. Mm. His servant. Okay. Modred. <laughs> I don't know. Um, um, what else? Masters of the Universe? See, I don't think Masters of the Universe deserved a sequel. Even though you had that coda at the end of the <clears throat> end of the credits where Skeletor pops up, you know, he's like, I'll be back. I think they did that to open the door in case they wanted to have a sequel, but I don't think it deserved a sequel. I, it just... Now, see, and, and here's the thing. And I don't know where you stand on the old He-Man cartoon and the toys and everything. Oh, I love the He-Man cartoon. Um, it's my favorite cartoon. I was so into it. And when I saw that movie, I'm like, this isn't He-Man. You know, it, it's, you're only turning it for two seconds, and it's the same set every time you're there. Well, that was, pretty much. That was one of the things is I felt like it was like a middle part of a trilogy or something. Like, like there was no origin of Prince Adam or He-Man. Right. Well, you it was like we were in the, the middle. Well, I'm just saying, we were like in the middle <clears> of... <throat> Eternia being controlled by Skeletor. Yeah. And so, like, He-Man was a rebel or yeah, whatever. Yeah, And so I felt like there was, like, a piece missing or something. Right, Which right. is kind of cool about it. Well, it it was modeled very much after kind of the Star Wars model yeah. of let's pick up in the middle of things. Um, because Star Wars was still very big at that time. That was before the Dark Times really got going full scale. Um, but, you know, it, it's a thing where... Um, I don't know. I just looked at that, and I think He-Man deserved, knowing what this is now, a reboot more than a sequel. Well, it looks um, like they're going to get it. And I couldn't be happier. Yeah. I mean, I think based on... I mean, because everything I've seen, they're talking about Lord of the Rings trilogy, hey, epic-type He-Man I'm story. It, and if you can have... If you can get the fantasy and the wonder and the coolness of gadgetry and everything else, it's an, if you can get Mechanek to work <laughs> and Manny Faces... If you can make Manny Faces and Mechanek work, I'm I'm there, man. I, I am did so like there. some of the new characters they created for that movie, though. Do you remember? Well, they didn't really create new characters; they just gave them new names. Oh yes, yeah, um, because you had Merman. It, he just called him something. They called Beastman something different. They called uh, Orko was Lockjaw something different. Orko well, they didn't really have Orko. They had this little guy named Wildor. Wildor so he yeah. was more so of a new Orko character. Kinda... Um, but yeah, I, I, Lockjaw. I forget what they call him, but I mean, it was still Lockjaw or Trapjaw. So. I mean, Trap not Lockjaw. Yeah. Um, same thing with Beastman and, and Merman. Well, Beastman is Beastman, right? They don't call him Beastman, I, I don't think. I thought they did. Maybe they did. And there was, was Triclops in there? 
Oh, Merman wasn't Merman. It was Merman was. They called him something. He had like a helmet and stuff. No, Merman. Who was that? I don't remember that. No, they had the, the little foot soldiers all had those helmets. Right, things. but there was like a main guy that had like a helmet, and yeah. I had the action figure. That might have been trapped. I can't believe I can't remember any of this stuff. I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know. I'm just ranting. I'd like to see, but that's the thing I loved. <coughs> I always loved about He Man was just the different characters there were. Mossman, I'd love to see a good Mossman. Yeah, I'm kidding about that, by the way. Skunk or about the blue He Man? What was his name? Faker. Faker. Yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to see a Faker. Well, you know, Faker in the cartoon was just He Man, looked just like He Man, but for yeah. the for the figure purposes, they had to do him different. Yeah. And I and I hated that. I'm like, how do they not know? <laughs> I'm looking at blue He Man. I'm like, <laughs> I can't play with this figure. This figure cannot fulfill the purpose it's supposed to fulfill. I know. All I all I remembered about Faker was that he was blue. So I just made him very bizarro like yeah. me, he man. Yeah, man. You know. I wish Goonies would have had a sequel. Yeah. And, that, and that's been that's one of the things that's been tossed around for years now is a Goonies sequel. Um and now the talk is that you'd actually see Sean Astin and all those guys grown up with their kids and their kids go off and Sloth. No, Sloth is you know the guy who played him is past. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. God rest his soul. Um You can't laugh about people who've died, I'm not man. Laughing, man. You I can't just, do that. I felt bad. I mean you can uh, you can CGI sloth or something, man. I mean if you wanted him You could do a CGI sloth at this you point. You could. Hey Ruth. They made Ruth. They made young Arnold come out of oh my god salvation, yeah. and it looked perfect. Um, sequels you're looking for? Well, <laughs> Tron. They're working on Tron two right now as we speak. Jeff Bridges is in that thing. Yeah, uh, man, I love me some Tron. I want a Superman Returns sequel. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Things you know that are coming down the pipe you're looking forward. To. I'm looking forward to Transformers. Transformers two. I really am. I think that movie just in, to quote Brian Austin Green looks sick. Yeah, I mean it, does. it really it does. Looks really good. Um. Spider-Man 4, they're starting to talk about, and I might they're, they're get excited. They're filming 4 and 5 concurrently. Yeah. So I hope they kind of, maybe they'll go back to doing, like, maybe this will be a new trilogy. They have the original trilogy, or they have the 1, 2, and 3 <coughs> trilogy. From what I understand, it's going to be, <coughs> what have I heard the rumors I've heard? Everyone's been talking lizard, lizard, lizard. I think lizard is about as exciting a villain as Venom. I don't like. Well, I'm not gotta, a fan of. You got to think they put Connors in there for something. Yeah, but I just I hope that they don't devote a whole movie to the lizard. I mean, I don't know. They're on this two villain per movie thing. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to see. Um, I'd love to see Mysterio well done. I, I think that in the video games, especially, he's become just a throwaway character, and, and Mysterio is one of my favorite villains. I'd really like to see him just go. Clone Saga? Back to the... No, I'd like to see them just throw it... You know, just put themselves out there and try to do Sinister Six. Yeah. You know, I mean, Dr. Octopus, you can see... Where, I mean, I could make him still be alive. Yeah. I, you could bring in four, you could bring in Electro. And Myster- I think you could bring in Electro and Mysterio and have a great little team up there. You've got Sandman that Doc Ock would have to coerce into coming back. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know who else you'd bring in, but... You know, you'd have to, inter- you'd have to introduce... Vulture, maybe. Yeah, you'd have to introduce a couple of them, but still, I'd, I'd love to see that try to be played out on the big screen. Um, so, hmm, okay. But I, what I think it was Electro that I heard okay. being toyed around the idea of Electro. I'll take it. Uh, I, I love. I think Electro is one of those. 
the I look at Electro as one of Spider-Man's top villains. Yeah. I really do. Um, and that may come from the old cartoon that used to come on in syndication when I was a kid, and I just remember seeing Electro on there a lot. But, um, but I do look at him as one of the top villains. Uh, Iron Man two next summer. Oh yeah, that's uh, I be think great. That Favreau is going to do an outstanding job with that. Um, I wish they'd make an Incredible Hulk sequel. I know, man. I really liked Incredible Hulk. I like I like um, Hulk too, but Incredible Hulk was really good. Like really ramped it up for me. But I really liked the Ang Lee Hulk too. See, I did until Incredible Hulk came out. And you, I, so you can't even watch the Ang Lee Hulk. Now. I can. I can fast forward to the end. Oh come on. Well, my thing is here's the thing. You got to understand Hulk's. I mean, Hulk's That's your like, guy. I know. yeah, he's my guy. And for years, for the years from the time that that was released till the time the Incredible Hulk started to come out, I was a defender of Ang Lee's Hulk for what it was. Yeah. But you can only defend so long, you know? I mean, like, I, it's like I saw the flaws, I saw the problems, but I was willing to let it go because it was so cool. But, man, I just remember sitting in the theater the first time I saw it, and when he finally hooks out, I didn't care. Mm. I'm like, took too long yeah it's like why is he even hooking out he had a bad dream well, well i have to say the actors fit the roles better maybe with the exception of jennifer conley not that Liv tyler didn't do a good job but, but i mean i just thought eric ban i didn't really i mean my biggest problem i really with, liked edward norton biggest problem bruce with angley's i'd like edward norton as bruce banner i thought Liv tyler was phenomenal she was dude i, don't, I mean that movie made me cry at some point i that, can't remember it was exactly just, you you were more emotionally involved yeah with these characters you're more engaged with these characters than you were in the first one and the reason being is because everyone whispered in the first one <laughs> yeah you had to you had to strain to hear what they were saying and there was so much that they were trying to do cerebrally that you just kind of got lost yeah. in the mix it was still a, i mean there's some amazing cg work and that sort of thing but i mean they showed everything cool in the previews you know so so you think they're going to do a superman returns I mean, because ever since know. they've announced they could be doing a reboot, they haven't announced anything else. No, yeah. So it's, it's like they don't even have anything. Yeah, you, you won't. I don't know what we'll see as far as that goes. I, I don't I think just, we're ever going to see another Superman film. Way to bring the podcast down here at the end, Dave. <laughs> I think we will, and I think before you know it, we'll see a Superman-Batman team up. Derek, get to work out there. We That's need right. To do Superman That's film. right. You're not, pod, you're not behind the mic anymore, <laughs> Derek. Get to work. No, um... Well, that's, you know, I don't know if we've even covered anything worth mentioning. I, I'm sure we'll get emails saying you forgot this, you forgot yeah, that, you I'm forgot sure. this. Back to the Future 2 and 3. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys had a poll. We you had, had a whole episode about, about that. that. Yeah, okay. so I don't want to talk about that. We didn't talk Rambo. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk Rambo or Conan. Um, what's Rambo? I, the second Rambo is better than all of them, where he goes to Vietnam. Have you seen the new one? No. Then you can't say that. Are you serious? I'm, the new one's better than Sylvester too. Let me tell you what Sylvester Stallone has done in the past couple of years. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone has done the impossible. He said, "You know what? I'm going to take these characters that aren't relevant anymore, and I'm going to put them in your face, and I'm going to make them the most relevant things you've ever known. I'm going to make you love these characters again." And I'm telling you what: if they make another Rambo movie, my butt is in that seat. Okay, seat. it is that good. It was that good. Okay. Um, same thing with Rocky, but I, I don't think. This move, this Rocky Rocky Balboa was made to be the last Rocky movie, okay. and to go out in the right way, and it did. And you don't want to see, you want to see another Rocky movie, and you're sad that you won't. You know, um, Conan. I, They're doing a reboot. Listen, so. I watched Conan the Barbarian 
that's two hours of my life I'll never get back. There the was the destroyer was good. There was more sex and snakes in that movie than <laughs> uh, it was ridiculous. It was just done. I mean, you know who's in Conan and Destroyer? Conan, what is best? To crush your enemies, <laughs> see them driven before you, and hear the lamentations of the women. <laughs> That's what he says. That's what he tells him. And James Earl Jones is like, I have long hair. <laughs> Ursa's in uh, Conan and Destroyer. Oh, yeah? She plays the queen, huh. I believe. Well, well, that might be worth checking out. No. Wilt Chamberlain's in it. That'll be enough to... <sighs> Grace Jones. <laughs> Give you... <laughs> Anyhow. Dave, where can the people find you, sir? <laughs> Thevortex.podbean.com. And I'm also on Facebook. You really... <laughs> Add me as a friend. You got a MySpace page. <laughs> Email the Vortex at the Vortex Podcast at gmail.com. The Vortex Podcast right. gmail.com. Of course, you can check out geekoutonline.com, the official blog of the official podcast of the said blog. Um, we got t shirts coming, Dave. <gasps> awesome. T shirts coming. Hopefully, we'll start printing Monday or Tuesday of next week Sweet. and taking orders. Uh, toward the end of the week, uh, and um, we're looking at about a $20 bill plus some shipping and handling charges cool. per T-shirt. Uh, uh, the design I've got looks really cute. I'm looking forward cute. to seeing the, the final product and trying to unload some T-shirts. So um, help us out. We'll, I'll keep you posted there as far as that goes. Also, uh, come join us on the forums. Dave's there. Dave Slasher. Um at uh, geekoutpodcast.com slash forums, geekoutpodcast.com slash forums. Would love to hear from you. I've got to do another episode where I just empty out the mailbag yeah, altogether. Looks like you had a lot there. I did, dude. I did. And um, and so email me at geekoutonline at gmail.com, geekoutonline at gmail.com. Once again, Dave, serious business. Enjoyed it. Had a good time. I'm not going to shake your hand. No one can see that. Uh <laughs> Oh! Oh! <laughs> That's almost the new sound effect for first time emailing. Woohoo! Oh! <laughs> and oh. someone who was jogging just ran right off the road <laughs> with that sound spike. Um, where was that? Podcasting, emailing. Uh, tell your friends, neighbors, and associates about us. Also, some stuff in the in the works for the future. Uh, looking at uh, a new podcast slash radio show coming to the Big Honkin' Network awesome. of, uh, of podcasts. Now, so, what's it like? Uh, it'll be the Big Honkin' Show, mm-hmm. and it's going to be me just talking about whatever tickles my fancy to talk about. Uh, not so much tangent but very much, uh, here's what's going on, here's my reaction to it. For example... Uh, to get political real quick today on Twitter, everyone was turning their avatars green to support democracy in Iran, and I just had to make the point. I don't see the point of turning my avatar green to support democracy in Iran. You get some hate mouth. No, no, they were just like it's just nice to do. I'm like, no, no, it's not. It's kind of in your face. It's like, hey, let me slap you in the face for not having democracy. Uh, and and me, you know, it's like, wow, I'm really suffering. I turned my avatar green. Thanks. But anyhow, I, that, the power of editing might help that one it out. It might, so, uh, maybe. But yeah, cut it out altogether. Hey, everyone, thanks so much. I'd love to hear from you. Comment on the blog, comment on the podcast. We'd love to hear from you. Head over to geekoutonline.com and you'll see that picture of Brian Austin Green awesome. and Steve Baca. 
And uh, until next time, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, Steve. Hey, I was glad to have you, Dave. Oh! Oh!